Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Nerd Cube Podcast! Yay! I'm John, and they've decided to let me introduce this one, meaning I get to put my name first once. Hello, I'm John. I'm many a true nerd. Say hello, you other people. Say hello, Dan! Hello, Dan! Huzzah and say hello, Mads. Comp flaps. Yeah. And that is oh. that. What were you really? Were you expecting anything better? I want to point out, right? For the, I've done like three videos with John, and every one I've done something like that, and he's always edited them out. He's always edited around <laughs> yeah, the you actually, you, you, people occasionally point out in the comments of the videos we do together, like Matt was on really good behaviour, wasn't he? Yeah. No, it just took two hours of editing <laughs> to make him PG thirteen. <laughs> I mean, I purposely make make myself not PG thirteen for. <laughs> It takes a lot of editing to make you acceptable for public <laughs> consumption. A lot of editing. Yeah. <laughs> You're a fixer-upper, Matt. You're a fixer-upper. Yeah, well, and as fun. you've probably guessed from the intro, we're probably going to be talking about Robot Wars yes, a bit. Do we have to tell the Americans what Robot Wars is? What do they have? They've got shitty battle... They had Robot Wars. There was an American Robot Wars as well as shitty battle bots. It was hosted by Mick Foley. Of all people, mm -hmm. the wrestler, which I thought was quite fun. And I know this for a fact because when I was a kid, I went to the filming of it. I actually, well, the, Amer the American one. The American one. It's filmed in the UK because they use the same arena and the same house robots and everything. Also, there, was, there were like two. There was like a, a slightly more extreme one. And then there was one that ran on like Nickelodeon or something. So there's like uh, American, like it was Robot Wars Nicktoons, Nickelodeon. And there was Robot Wars uh, Ultimate Warrior or something. I can't remember what it was called. Something Warriors. <laughs> Extreme where, warriors. Where the house robots had to take on various, you know, combatants from armies around the world. That would have been fucking hilarious. <laughs> that was the that was the reign of hypnotist. But yeah, I went to say that, and that was awesome. So yeah, I Americans did have robot wars. They also have battle bots, which has recently come back, but I've never been a fan because it's a lot more it's a lot more like competitiony. Because some somebody was arguing me on Twitter that battle bots is a sport, and I'm like, yes, but robot wars is a school sports day. And that's infinitely more exciting because there's infinite it, more potential in a Well, no, it's the day. difference between the WWE in a, in a certain way and the UFC. Like, not the same. Not It's not the same. It's not as big a difference, but it is kind of the one is made for... No, no, no. It's, it's, of... it's, a di it's the difference between WWE and it's a knockout. That's, I think that's the, that's the main difference there with, with Keith Chegwin, Jesus Christ. Um, you know, that's, that's, it's, yeah, big, basically big fat bastards in sumo suits versus, you know, wrestling. It's, it's just a different show. It's more, everybody gets together because they really want to do the thing. They're not there to win and be the best. And also it doesn't mm. cut to the commentator every six fucking seconds. Like the current series of BattleBots do. In fact, the current series of BattleBots I could barely watch because they've got drones. There's just like fucking drones buzzing around the arena and they've got like flamethrowers, which do no fucking damage. And they're all spinnerbots. It's like, it feels like it's like... The, it's sort of the more extreme kind of thing. In fact, that's the best way of doing it. BattleBots is esports, and Robot Wars is watching Jim Sterling play something. And I'd much rather watch Jim Sterling attempt to play something, because that's more fun. There. Plus, it's got the delightful British thing where everyone really quite likes the team that's blatantly got the worst robots. <laughs> yes. And everyone suddenly just loves nuts because they showed up in furry little coats. But, and they were really. I love the fact that like the person they picked is their frontman. They're like, he is the most charismatic amongst us all. He shall be the talker. But they, what I loved about okay, so Robots came back. It's on Sundays, eight o'clock. BBC Two, I think it's eight o'clock. Uh, yeah, I think it's right. Pretty good slot. Got good ratings and stuff. Really good. Really great comeback. 
Uh, I, episode four, keep an eye out for me. I'm in the crowd somewhere. Um, oh, yes. Although I did see those house robot introductions where they're standing by the ramp and the flames go up. They only recorded those once, and that's why I was there as well. So, yay. But what I really loved about it was that new league system they're doing, like the mini leagues in each episode. Because that yeah. meant that Nuts became vital. That final bout with Nuts, if they manage to survive it, and they go to judge's decision, only get the two points, as opposed mm. to the three. They actually controlled who went through, even though they were the bottom place losers, they still were super important. And that made the episode just more exciting, because every battle was important. It's nice that, yeah, even if, if you lose on judge's decision, if you can survive, you can actually theoretically scratch together enough points to do well, even if you actually were to lose lose on a tie, yeah. two of them, and win one, you could still go through. Yep. Yeah. Which is quite nice. I quite like that. Yeah, it's. It, I really, really liked almost everything they were doing with it. I had a couple of errors. It was a bit too over edited. I would have liked some more like longer shots of stuff. It was a bit. It was a bit jumpy. Yeah, the four versus fours were a bit. Cl- well, they yeah. were a bit clusterfucky, really, weren't they? They were a bit, weren't they? Um, Matt was screaming at everyone to do something properly, and nobody was. In fact, they literally were because it was actually six robots because one of them split into two. Like, it's been the three sort of thing. So there was there was far too much going on for those. It was just a bit too jumpy. And the other thing is, I don't think there's enough of a dividing line between the pit stuff and then the battle. Because in the last one, you know, a thing would appear and it would animate and stuff. This just sort of faded on their little screen and faded it off. I, I just feel like we need more of a, okay, and here comes the battle. And then the editing slows down a bit. And then mm. we, we have that little bit of a rev up. I know why they're not doing that. And that's because at the filming, they changed 3, 2, 1, activate. And this is a little bit of a, a backstory of what's going on in Wars. Because previously it was three, two, two one, one, activate. And now it's three, two, one, activate. We could not get it as a crowd. And if you listen and watch that episode <laughs> back, they couldn't get it. That was like four episodes. That was like the eighth day of recording. And they clearly should have shrunk that down. The type, because nobody could get it because the gaps were just too long. Oh, Everybody dear. was just gu- counting fast. Like, nobody can count. If you've ever watched the Royal Rumble, you know for a fact that a crowd cannot count at a set speed. Because a lot of people in the crowd just follow on with the rest of the crowd. The crowd therefore speeds up and everybody speeds up. A crowd will never slow down when counting. So, unless you're Iceland, because Iceland proved in the Euro tournament that they can bloody be precise as a metronome. In, in, by Euro with their little clap dance thing. Do you mean Robot Wars European tournament? No, I mean the football. I, I mean the recent Euro tournament. Why are you talking about sports? We're talking about a real thing. Because that is an actual. That, that at least was a. It's a very impressive act of clapping in time and not speeding up. You, the Europeans do that as well. They were very good at clapping. They, they, they may not be desperately brilliant at football, but the Icelandic people are certainly excellent at clapping. It's a very weird European thing that they don't... You know, a round of applause is like, hey! European audience go clap, 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 all together. Mm-hmm. That freaked me the fuck out the first time I went to fucking, like, theatre and shit. And I was like, what's what's happening here? What's going on? No, try, try and break it. Try and go for your own rhythm. I'm just saying, hey! Bre- break away from it. You know... <laughs> Having a dance in the corner, yeah. Um, were the people, were the people who actually made um, Carbide by them? Was that actually the team that was originally behind Hypnodisc? Was that Hypnodisc too? No, that wasn't um, the Rose Brothers. It was the Rose Brothers, wasn't it? That's not them. Because they were talking about how they had like you know heritage, and this was like they were experienced and stuff. So, like, are you Hypnodisc? Because I can't think of any other significantly important spinner in Robot Wars history for the spinny whirly death 
Well, there was, there was Fluffy, which was very much like what Carbide oh, was like. Um, oh, yeah. I'll have a look, though, because there's probably a very well-stocked wiki with mm. all the information about who they used to be and what they used to do and all that sort of thing. Uh, mm. The team is Team Carbide. Okay, maybe not. Um, I just like to think, yeah, just like, it, what an amazing idea Nuts was. Just, just the idea of let's have a spinny flail chain and also cluster bots that are literally useless. Ah, they've been in battle bots a fair bit, apparently. Yeah. They were very, very... I think they were very kind to Nuts, by the way. Because if you remember the rules, because they had to make up the rules about cluster bots when Gemini came on Robots. They said if any one of the cluster bots gets immobilised, that's it, your robot's done. They changed they, the they, rules, They, they yes. gently scrubbed that rub. They gently just kind of scrubbed that rule out because they really, really wanted Nuts to do well. So they just said, yeah, screw it. Even if your robot, even if one of your cluster bots gets utterly skewered and tossed out of the arena and nearly decapitates Star O'Brien, doesn't matter. Uh, we'll just let you keep going anyway. Yeah. Whatever. Oh, the, apparently. Okay, here's the thing. Uh, the the Dave Moulds who built uh, was in BattleBots and he built stuff for Team Hurts. Uh, hang on a second. Wait a second. Oh my God, that's the te that's the terror. Oh my God, everything's falling apart. Apparently, somebody who used to make that Axie one that was in this episode is now working on Carbide, and they were they had Tiberius previously, which was that awful razor-looking one. With Someone saying that in the chat, one. they said it, it was Tiberius and it became Photon Storm in BattleBots. Ah, yeah, Tiberius was like the not really great one, but it actually did quite well if I'm rightly. It was like the best not. It was like the best knockoff of Razor. Yeah. This, which ironically makes him quite like the Emperor Tiberius, who's generally not well regarded, but was probably the best of the bad emperors. Or it's quite like Razor, who, who never does very well either. Yeah, but Razor never actually ruled the Roman Empire. Well, if you took Razor back in time, that would absolutely end up running the Roman Empire. That's entirely possible, yes. Yeah. I really, I thought it was a very enjoyable uh, episode of Robot Wars with a lot of potential. A lot, actually, no, you know what? Not just a lot of potential, a lot of this is actually just better now. They've actually thought things through. Yeah, it's it's a it, it's a perfect example of how to take something and mix it up a bit and make all the individual parts work very nicely as its own thing that's a bit different. Yeah. Plus, it was, so it's, it was the, an it's, it's, it's everything went right that went wrong with new Top Gear. Yes, they did their own thing. Dara wasn't trying to be Craig Charles; he was doing his no. own little thing. The I arena... kind of miss Craig Charles, to be honest, though. I do, but he I fit the arena because he was up high, and the arena had those fans, and it was all kind of it was the arena was designed to be more like this is an actual war. Whereas this arena, there's the there's the arena in the center, and then there's this bit on the side where they are, and that's kind of unimportant. It's about the battles. Everything focuses on the battles. In fact, something I really wish they'd shown off a lot better was that the arena is there, and then literally, if you look from the right or the left, depending on which side you're on, uh, down the arena, you can look down and see into the pits. The people in the pits can actually watch the battles. That's nice. So it, it's because before the pits were behind the arena, so there was the battles, and then they would go off to that side bit. But now the pit and the arena are like one big thing, and it's all it's all very sort of. It felt a lot more connected. So that's why you get the nice slow mo shots of them pushing their things. Their robots down the, that a nice that like aisle that's going straight to the arena. So when you have that shot where it pans up through the green lasers, that's actually above the pits. The pits are just there, and I wish they'd established that with a few more shots. I wasn't quite sure what the green lasers were for. They struck me as a very odd addition. They just look really cool. It, it's a thing for a camera to pan through in a really cool way, mm. and that's pretty much it. 
And then someone almost killed Dara, even though they made a big deal of how there was bulletproof glass surrounding the entire arena. Dara almost got killed by flying shrapnel anyway. Yeah, well, it was a kid. It, it bounced off the bulletproof glass like it was supposed to. Mm. There's uh, a lot. Of, I've seen a lot of people complaining that there was there's uh, no way for robots to be flipped out of the arena anymore. That's not true. Mm. That's not a true thing at all. Because uh, the arena is actually now surrounded by a really big trench. Hmm. There's a big, great trench under there. Um, and they've got like a thing that's sort of like, like a little, they've got a little path there to drive their robot down the middle of. And there are, there are some fucking close calls trying to get those robots in the arenas. <laughs> so yeah, they had to be a little, a little careful around those things. Um, th- those CO2 blasts behind the people, because a lot of interviews when I saw it, the Dara was interviewing people where the robots came in and out. So I don't know why they've uh, they didn't have any interviews like that, and also those CO two blasts when they were like, "This is the robot," they were gone. They clearly didn't work, so they're gone by later on. So they're actually, as it was going on, like there's a few things that I know are different. So they've actually been tweaking and changing stuff as the series goes on, which is great. That's exactly yeah, that's what you fine. Want. That that's good. Yeah, that is exactly what you want. <sighs> hey Matt, you shall still, we talk about late? gaming? <laughs> oh, are you done now? No, yes. Matt, Matt doesn't like Robot Wars for some no, reason. No, it's not that I don't. It's not that I dislike it. It's just not something I'm interested in. It's so good. You have no soul. I no. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't dislike. I don't dislike it either. I just have no interest really. But it's great. You watch little children cry because their robot that their dad built gets annihilated. That was my favorite thing. <laughs> Cool, really. I think, right, see, Especially they even interviewed the little eight-year-old child and said, "How confident are you?" Oh, we're very confident. Yeah, and then the right, like, like with, the our, robot, with our bit of toilet roll with a wheel on the end is going robot, to stand up. I've played in tin foil. <laughs> Look, right. If I want to see children cry, I'll just go make children cry. I'm pretty good at doing that by now. <laughs> yeah, but you got children cry and robots be destroyed. Win-win. I think yeah, I think it was a, a good uh, sort of comeback. I do enjoy the Britishness feel. I liked that there were no sob stories or anything. It didn't focus on like the people like oh I beat this thing. It was like hey I'm an engineer and this is how we built this thing. Here's was- my garage. I'm gonna stand in front of it while holding a wrench. I loved I loved seeing inside people's garages. That just made me so happy. The thing is, I think if I watched it, I'd probably sit there and go yeah this is alright, but it's not something I'm that in- I'm interested enough in to just get excited about. I like or robots. Watch I like everything. I like shows where people build things. Well, I like robots as well. Like, when I was younger, I did build myself a robot. I built myself quite a reasonable robot. It was one of those magazine kits, but you had to actually do all the soldering and everything yourself. Oh, I miss soldering. Um, I miss the and, and, and in put the all the, oh, I, have, I do have I, I have a gas soldering iron now. Ooh, if you need to solder like, some gas together. Well, no, because you can, you can use it as a heat gun as well to, to shrink wrap stuff. And Ooh. and it's just terrifying to use because it, it, it could literally explode. <laughs> I'm like, no, I could do this right because otherwise it may explode. <laughs> that time I have to solve something together. I miss that. I miss things exploding. Oh, that's. I like the electronics. See, I like, I like, because that's what I was calling for today on the old Twitter. I really want Scrap Heap Challenge back. Yeah, now. Scrap Heap Challenge. Oh, I think, no, I like Scrap Heap Challenge. Because Scrap, Cha- Scrap Heap Challenge is like Robot Wars, but they change the thing. If you've never seen it, it's the guy who plays Crichton in Red Dwarf and who's in uh, Ashens on the Quest for the Game Child. Uh, he's a wonderful, wonderful man. He, do- he also does carpool, which is a great show. Um, and big into electric cars. He's big into, really big into electric cars, which is mm. wonderful. He's shown off many, many lovely electric things. Uh, but he had a show called Scrap Heap Challenge, where basically people would be in a scrap heap. You'd invite two teams, where they're, they're kind of like, not like proper engineers, just more hobbyist engineers. And they'd get yeah, a professional. Like mechanics, but yeah, more they're than sort engineers. of like mechanic sort of people, yeah. 
and then they'd have a professional person with them, and then they'd be given a a basically a goal. And the goals, like it was, it wasn't just like it wasn't just like, hey, you've just got to build a wheelbarrow. It was like, all right, we want you to build a drag racer out of scrap. Mm-hmm. Or, There's going to be a target 500 meters in that direction. You have to lob a mini at it. As possible. You have to lob a mini. Yeah. Well, that Get a mini, mini within check. five meters of it, you losers. It was like the, there's, a, there's a YouTube show actually. Um, it's it's on a t- it's on a, actually it's on a channel called Motor Trends. I don't know if you watch it. It's kind of like it's a car channel, uh-huh. and they do a load of series. And one of them is kind of like Top Gear. Uh huh. Um, and it's I can't, I can't actually remember the specific name of it, but it's involved in the buy. It's it's a very American thing to do that you can't really do it in many other countries. In that you go buy a car mm-hmm. for like a hundred dollars that is literally in a scrapyard. You rip all the sides of it. You put a ridiculously powerful engine in it, and the suspension doesn't work, and it's got no windows or seats, and they take it to do ridiculous stuff with it. Mm-hmm. it can't they kind of do a similar thing? But this was like Scrappy Challenge was. Hey, there's a time limit. This is a literal scrapyard. Yeah figure it out and good luck yeah which was people fun. are saying in the chat that the u.s had this they just called it junkyard wars which makes me think that maybe we've got a harry potter thing going on where just like the americans didn't know what philosophers were do they not know what a scrapyard is why do they have to have wars like ours is a challenge and there's a wars like there were, americans a lot of the time you just had to build a boat and race it I googled uh, uh, junkyard wards and the, the the result was scrappy challenge and that made me happy. Oh, good, excellent. Google knows what's what. Yeah, yeah. scrappy challenge. Eee. And they're bringing time commanders back too. Oh, we, right, we mentioned that on the podcast like last week or the week before, and now they're bringing it back. I did a and series on Robot Wars, and then Robot Wars came back, and we mentioned that Nintendo didn't make Pokemon Go, and their shares collapse. Mm. People really pay attention to this series, this podcast. It's a very important podcast. Yeah. The, the I mean, Pokemon Go share collapse thing is, is, is hilarious, <laughs> but oh, also God. terrifying. Yep. Because like, okay. when you hear on the news, like, investors have done this, and you go, oh, there's investors. Those are sensible business professional adults who, like, you know, they're moving billions of dollars around the world. They know what they're doing. We can trust them. But apparently, somehow, they invested about $6 billion worth of value into Nintendo without bothering to check whether they actually owned the thing that was the reason they were investing. Mm-hmm. Which is which is terrifying, because those people basically are controlling and manipulating the world economy, and apparently they're idiots. Yeah. Side note, what is Time Commanders? Because I have no idea. Um, Vickers played about. Rome Total War on BBC okay, Two while Richard, Richard Hammond, Hammond yeah. commentated. Okay, yeah, you, you were explaining this the other week and I just didn't listen. Uh, <laughs> basically, it was like, they had one of the Rome games... On multiple screens, they had like a battle screen in front of them, and basically like four or five screens, and they basically played a game of that while historians looked on and went, "No, no, no." All oh, of that wrong. one. Yeah. yeah. There's a guy from Sandhurst and a guy oh, from like so Oxford or something. John playing, uh, John playing that fucking Xbox One exclusive that came to PC. I can't remember the name of. Help me, help me. I don't know what you're talking about. The Roman game. The Roman game that was on Xbox One. Not Roy, Son of Rome. No, not like that. No, Roy, Son of Rome is garbage and Rome Total War is joy. No, I know that. Wash your mouth out with soap. I know, but I'm saying that like... (laughs) How dare you put Rome Total War and Roy, Son of Rome in the same sentence? No, no, what I mean is that it's the same kind of thing where you played Roy, Son of Rome and went, no, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. If there were any just in the world, Rome Total War would beat up Roy, Son of Rome, put it in a rocket and send it into the sun. I'm sure it... Well, they don't have was an old man who invaded Britain. I know. There's I, so I, many things yep. wrong with that sentence. I know. I, I very much enjoyed watching you play that just to just to hear your his like classics. Take on it. 
<laughs> Fuck Rice, son of Rome, so This is hard. not historically accurate, With the Colosseum wouldn't have been built cactus. then. Mm. Fuck Rice, son of Rome. <laughs> you should watch that, Dan. It's a, it's a good time if you really hate games. Oh, <laughs> God. No, uh, okay, let's 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 move on to something else, shall we? Um, Tell me about No Man's Sky. Oh, God, what, and what, their what fucking awful trailers of atrociousness. The game which is definitely, definitely ready to go, but they just pushed it back another three days, which was a really worrying sign because it feels like they're really desperate for time. They are, you know, you know yeah, the teacher said pencils down, and they're desperate for another 30 seconds to finish writing yeah, their essay question. Three days is a really weird amount of time, isn't it? It's a really short and strange amount of time to ask questions. Yeah, especially on PC only as well. Maybe, maybe it's maybe it's just an approval thing. Maybe it's just this one specific. No, that would have been a console thing if it was an approval thing. Definitely not PC because hmm. they can just update it like that, hmm. which is strange. Their trailers were awful. The one they released today, the guy like they, there's a shot where they're shooting at a thing, and the hitbox is like uh, the, the, like fifty percent of the thing they're shooting at above the thing they're shooting at. It looks like it's hitting. Ah, uh, but it looks like the, the impact was blue testing. It might supposed to have like a little shield around it, so they're hitting the shield. Yeah, so it's maybe it's sense. kind of okay. Because the same thing happens in Mass track. Effect 1. Mass Effect 1, the hitbox extends beyond the character because they've got kinetic barriers around them. Oh, God. See, I, yeah. I have, like, the, these. they release these four trailers, and they are an absolute exercise in how not to make interesting trailers. Because it's just random shots that vaguely relate, but by the time you got to the end one, like, everything's already been shown off. Like, so the survival one was just exactly the same as the other ones. And a lot of people go, you could do anything. It looks like the anything that you could do is either shoot stuff or sell stuff. I think they're trying to make it look really busy and exciting because the actual game's going to be so kind of calm and empty yeah. and placid that they think that's not going to sell well to a mass audience. So they've deliberately done the okay. jump cutting to try and avoid if, that fact and make okay. it look like an action game. If you've ever watched, have either of you watched The Equalizer? No, I mentioned The Equalizer a few times in this podcast. No. But The Equalizer was a movie that was clearly, when you watch it, and I watched it without seeing any details on it, which made me love it, it's a movie that's clearly meant to be a drama, thriller-style movie. <laughs> and <laughs> it did terribly in the box office. And as a result, when it came out on DVD, they remarketed it as an action. And then they recut all the trailers to be action, and they recut the, the thing to be action. It feels like that's kind of what they're doing with this, because they know if it's... A bit slower, yeah. it might not sell as well. Because it feels like it's almost like the actual game is going to be almost like Mountain, where it's going to be very slow and empty and beauty and empty worlds and just enjoying and taking in the atmosphere a bit. Yeah. And it's going to be very, very slow. I, I think their, maybe they're worried that doesn't sell. One of their original ones is like, if you find uh, a planet, there'll be like a one in a hundred chance it will have life in it. And mm. that'll just be like foliage. And if, oh, sorry, it's, it's like a one in a hundred chance there'll be water. And then of those, one in a hundred chance they'll have uh, like plants and stuff and of those you'll get a 1 in 100 chance of actual life and anytime they've showed this game off it's always been and we're going to beam to a completely random planet oh look it's teeming with life oh my god it's the giant devil Tyrannosaurus Rex it's coming for us your, your acid level is under 25% run back to the, the ship thing, because if this thing is true about the you know being 1 in 100 1 in 100 chance are people going to be really disappointed when this comes out going oh I, I, it's really hard to find place you know are people going to feel missold yeah, the people who bought the $150 Explorer's Edition certainly bloody are. Oh. I think they'll be disappointed no matter what the game has in it. It has $150 for its Explorer Edition, yeah. It got to the point now where I'm just sitting there going, yeah, this just feels like every other space game. Mm. This just feels like your Elite Dangerous is, and your Elite, to be perfectly honest, but it just doesn't feel like they've added anything. Like, it looks stunning, apart from the draw distance, obviously. 
but it's just feels like yeah, it's another space game. It is, and it feels you know, like I... it's been picked up as so much more. I mean, they've done an incredible job of hyping this game up. They're going to sell a shit ton of copies, but I don't know. It looks like it's going to be sort of six, seven. What I'm probably going to do with it, right, is we'll get a press code. Yeah, see, that's the looks... thing I had the other day. I was like, I don't think I'm going to buy this, but I will play the press version that'll be sent. Well, then, here's the thing. Six months down the line, you know what I'll probably do? I'll buy the collector's edition eBay for £20. Because you know what? That's a nice little model ship. Yeah. And I'm fine with buying a nice little model ship. <laughs> yep. That's where it ends, really. Yeah. You know, I'm happy about collector's editions now that they are just, most of them are, I've just realised, oh, that stops giving out random guff and just make a nice fucking model with them. Yeah. I like, I, I sometimes guff's a bit nice, but I got one... Well, guff's a bit nice. I mean, I think the guff, the Fallout 4 guff was, I think, the nicest. It wasn't really guff, that was another kind of replica model thing, kind of, in a, in a, in a way. Yeah. No, yeah, like, not too much guff. Like, like Fallout New Vegas is collector's edition. Hmm. Like, nah, like, not that kind of guff. Oh, um, oh I, 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 it was Dishonored 2. That's probably the next collector's edition I'll pick up, because I really want that yeah. model mask. That looks beautiful. Yeah, that looks really good. Like, like Fallout, what, Fallout New Vegas came with... Deck of playing cards, a platinum, little tiny platinum chip replica, replica, a couple of other chips, and like an art book. And it was just a load of guff. Yeah. I've seen the chips. They weren't that good quality, even. No, it was just... I mean, the platinum chip on its own, maybe you might buy that for like a couple of pounds on eBay, but like otherwise it's just a load of guff. I don't care about art books. Why do people think about art books? Oh you just God. can't make a big deal out of the platinum chip in New Vegas because it's literally an item you never see. It doesn't exist in the game. They never rendered it. Yeah. It's an point, item that it? exists yeah. in the inventory. You just take it off many's cuts, but you can never, ever see it. Mm. It you doesn't drop exist. because it it's a quest item. Yeah, so literally they, they, there is no model in Fallout New Vegas for the chip. You don't know what the platinum chip looks like. So for them to try and make a big deal out of having your own platinum chip is ridiculous. Because mm. you literally don't know what it is. Oh. 2K17 the has the NXT pack. Which gives what? you... Oh my god, it's horrible. So I've heard someone just mentioned this in the Twitch chat and I wanted to see what's in there. You get the NXT Enhancement pack, which includes three playable NXT superstars, which has Nakamura in it. Fuck. So, what? Nakamura's locked back? Fuck off. Locked in the collector's edition. So Nakamura, Nia Jax, and Apollo Crews. And I fucking love Apollo Crews. As well as a 50% point bonus in NXT in 2K17's My Career Mode. If you've been watching my series, you know that getting as many points as possible, as early as possible, is super fucking important. Uh, you get... Okay, I've just looked. It comes with a really nice model. It, that, I wouldn't wow. say it's a really nice model. But it is... A, it's nicer than most of the models. It's a Demon Finn model. But I mean, it's because the, the fucking no, because the, the the action figures of W look like shit though, don't they? I wouldn't, yeah, the like they're quite. Sh- to be honest, looking at that, it doesn't look super great. But I mean, that Hulk no, Hogan one I had was only like ten pounds, and that was amazing. So yeah, but that was Hulk Hogan, and he's like the he was the face of wrestling for like thirty years. This is Finn Balor. I'm very annoyed. dude from Ireland. Yeah, who? A couple of people have mentioned people. Last Guardian. Anyone happen to off the top of their head what Last Guardian has in its collector's oh edition? Oh my god, I keep forgetting that fucking thing's coming out. <laughs> Well, they claim it is anyway. It's it's like a model. I actually got an email about it the other day. It's like it's a model of the thing with the guy on top. Oh yeah, it's mm. a model of that little. Uh, oh god, one hundred and five pounds. Yeah, I up. know. Well, this is the big problem with these collector's editions, and that yeah, the models are usually quite nice, and then you sat there going, yeah, but is it worth that? <laughs> yeah, it's a model of the little feathery guy, but it's done in that the way it looks like stone, like those like little houses your nan used to have. So, yeah, so it's it's actually, there's another a, one well, I've noticed. There's, there seems to be another collector's edition which. I... It looks like a different model. If you, Ooh, if that is, yeah, yeah. Just... I've had a, I've had a look. See, that is a different. I think is that the one that comes with a PS4 though? No, that's not. No, it doesn't look like it. 
But that's a much nicer model. That is a much nicer model. Okay, well, there appears to be two, maybe. Um, Who the fuck knows? When's this game coming out? It's just 2016. No, it definitely had a release date. Yeah, 25th of October. Or 28th in the EU, because fuck your all. So many, you know, there's so many games coming out at this point. Like, games come out and I forget they've came out, and then I realize a week later they're out, and I went, oh, I should have got a review code for that, and I kind of. Because there's just so much shit that I don't care. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but it? the thing is, the problem with that is games launch about four times these days, which makes yeah. it, the yeah. whole thing's a lot more crowded because games, you get the alphas and then you get the early access and then they'll 1.0 and then at some point they'll actually launch, 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 if you know what I well, mean. No, this, is, this is what I complain about beaters for all these AAA games because I feel like a launch should be a big, bombastic event. Like, that's what a launch would be. It's like, it should all launch on the same fucking day, mm. make a big fucking deal out of it, and then that's it. Not have this drawn-out fucking mm. thing of, oh, it's in this, it's be... like Battlefield 1's doing that, and Mirror's Edge did that, mm. and that made the actual launch a lot less impactful. Because I actually noticed this, because um, this, just this week, this last week, um, three games um, are all actually sort of launching, but all of them already sort of launched and are also subsequently going to launch again. So RimWorld, which has already got a very, which is already fairly well known as sort of fairly yeah. big, fairly launched, lovely community, entered early access. It did. We Happy Few just entered early access, but again was already fairly well known about. And Starbound, I believe, was it just jumped? went over to 1.0. Was it fairly known about? We'll get to that fucking later, won't we? I I've known about that thing. I backed that thing on flipping. I think I backed that on Kickstarter or what? something way back in the day. Wasn't it Kickstarter? I swear I backed it. You got it. like 270,000 or something. Yeah, it was... Uh... I think I backed it because I really liked the concept so much. Well, the concept's interesting. I have Because I've, 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 um, I've had flipping code for that since the alpha, but it wouldn't run on my old computer. I just never got round to it. And now they've sent, they've contacted me again saying, hey, would you like, would you like code? It's like, no, I've already, I've already backed you. I think I gave you like 100 quid a year ago or something. I can't Dan, remember. Talk about it. Dan, go talk about uh, it. Before we talk about it, I want to point out that Game Informer, the website, do a really good uh, video game release schedule They every year. There's like all the games listed in order and like broken up per month. So you can actually see what's coming up. And then they highlight the bigger releases. So we know that in August, uh, what have we got in August? Overcooked is something I'm quite excited about. No Man's Sky. Grow Up, game of August. Deus Ex Mankind Divided is out next month. Is it? What? I imagine no, access. can't be. What? No, Square Enix don't do early access, do they? The Turing hey, test. Resident well, Evil Four is coming out on the the consoles again. Again? How many times has Resident Evil Four launched? Four. More than that. No, nope, actual Deus Ex proper release is uh, August twenty third. By the look of it. Someone in chat says, well, apparently Planet Coach is coming to Steam soon, next build. Yeah, that's uh, that's in August, and that's when they're adding in uh, new Rogers lighting. Board. So if your lights are underneath rock, they will light up, as opposed to just uh, only lighting up at night times. And Ooh. water is very, very soon to be added as well. Uh, I'm excited for that. And then, so September, we've got uh, XCOM 2 is coming to the consoles. ReCore, if anybody gives a shit about that. Uh, blah blah blah. Collector's edition as well with the model. Yeah, basically a whole bunch of shit nobody cares about, and Final Fantasy fifteen, which I care about greatly. Mm. And then October we've got uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider finally comes out on something that isn't the Xbox. Mafia three in October. Oh yeah, Kerbal came out on PS four as well. Another multiple release. Last Guardian, Dragon Ball Z Universe, uh, Xenoverse two, Titanfall two, 
Gears of War 4, October's going to be quite busy. November, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, which I have to say, their latest trailer was fucking exceptional. It looks really good. I, annoyingly, it's going to have Call of Duty gunplay, but the actual space, having a proper big spaceship done to their sort of budget might be really, really fun. As also, long... I'm really, like, I, like, the Zero-G combat looks fun. It does. It, it really looks I don't really know why. I don't know why their trailer got so many dislikes, because it's, it's the first time... Well, no, it was the first time Call of Duty looks like it's doing something slightly different. And I went, oh, that's interesting. And uh, no, no, yeah. everyone hates that. That'll be the first Battle level, and the rest of the game will just be exactly the same as all the other Call yeah. of Duty's, Yeah, but then Battle, Battlefield 1, in the exact same way, it, it, it it's doing the exact same thing as all the it's other Battlefield games. It's doing the Far Cry Primal thing, where we've just done the it same is, game in a different but everyone's location. like, oh, look, it's World War 1, it's going to be so exciting. It's like, well, no, it's just Battlefield 4 with, a, with different textures. It's the same game. Well, I actually asked about this because I was confused about the whole Infinite Warfare hatred thing. And people who were actually fans of the franchise were telling me it's mainly because the fans have been, like, for a game or two, really pissed off with the future setting, And they're really bored with it. And they were wanting something else. Which is why even among the fans, there was quite a lot of backlash against Infinity Warfare. And then by sheer coincidence, like, the following day, an old classic, let's put it back in a World War-style battlefield happened to mm. get its trailer at the same time, which is pretty much what people vaguely were wanting Call of Duty to start thinking about. Well, that's about. the thing, though, because I'll take gameplay differences over like, texture, because that's the thing. You, you'll play Battlefield 1, but you'll... It'll be, it's, it's You're running around mainly on your own, either in tanks or planes or whatever, capturing points exactly like Battlefield 4 or Battlefield Hardline or Battlefield 3. It's exactly the same. I'd like to point out that Battlefield 3 and 4's campaigns are absolutely horrific, so don't expect anything worth playing in the single that's player. That's a fair point. That's, that's, well, that's so what I think. bad. And uh, horrifically broken as well. When Hardline came out, I went, oh, you know, I'd be interested in a single player, first-person single-player, like, fucking police game. That sounds fun. And now... And that's the problem with Battlefield One. A single player could be really fucking interesting, as we've spoken about before. And they just won't, you know, they won't do that. But at least Call of Duty's campaigns are half decent. Yeah. More decent than the Battlefield ones. I don't think I've ever finished one for a while because they're I just half get decent than the Battlefield ones. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it doesn't really matter because November we've also got Watch Dogs Two and Dishonored Two, which is gonna Woo! get my stuff going. And then December, I'm excited for both of them. Big releases oh. in December: Gravity Rush Two, fucking finally. Very excited for that. I enjoyed Gravity Rush and South Park: The Fractured But Hull, which I'm looking forward to because they've actually added some gameplay to the combat, which was my biggest oh, issue with the last one. Yeah, I'm excited for that. So yeah, that is uh, 2016. Hey, should we talk about uh, No Man's Happy Few? You talk about that, yeah. You you, you have the main. Game. I, yeah, I, I, I kind of want you, you know, like you know how sometimes people do the whole. I want you to sell me this game. I want you to do the opposite, which is I always thought that looked really interesting and had a really fun concept and generally seemed to be going in a positive direction. So I want you to anti-sell it to me. Okay, so I'd only ever heard of it at E3, and the E3 trailer that I saw was the prologue that's currently in this game, which is incredible. It's an exceptional, beautiful, wonderful prologue that is. It just, as soon as the prologue is done, you get knocked out at the end of the prologue and then just wake up, like, in a safe house. So there, there's a big missing, there's, like, scene missing, and it's very obvious and clunky. And from then on, the game is atrocious. It's so many levels of atrocious. It's a, it's an open-world survival game, so it goes from a linear Bioshock-esque mystery, which focuses on story over gameplay, uh, to this open-world survival game. Which has what if I like open-world survival games? Ah, well, it's a bad open-world survival game. Because it's got a huge emphasis... Well, for one, it's procedurally generated. So everything looks identical. Every single street has the exact same tree on it. 
everyone. In my video, oh, actually, I tell, I can it's go to any based. crossroad and look at four different places down the four different streets because there's because it's it's grid based, so everything is always straight lines. There's which is, nothing well, the interesting. Grid, the grid based thing is especially weird to me because it's set in England. Yeah, which hardly ever does grid based stuff. It it like, feels way less set in England than something like Sir You're Being Hunted, and it reminds me a lot of Sir You're Being Hunted, but just like a version of it that doesn't work as well. So, yeah. so it's so everything's grid based. So you look down any line and you'll see the exact same things, the exact same buildings, the exact same single tree, the exact same post box, and you just go right. You have to use the map to navigate. It's essential. There's no mini map, which is really fucking annoying. So you have to stick with your map to navigate around the place. Um, but the, the what you've got to do is you've got to try and escape. So you find a bridge. There, there. As far as I can tell, each time you play, there'll be two bridges off the island. One that's the escape one, and then one that's an alternate one. They, as far as I can tell, randomly generate as to what goal they need into the point so much. Uh, uh, the, the way you get items that you need to craft is you need to find anything. Everything needs to be found. Every single thing needs to be found. And it's so many layers deep of needing to find stuff that it just becomes an absolute faff to get anything done. So say, for instance, right, for one of the bridges you need to cross, you need to get honey. To get honey, you need to go through this thing where bees will sting you and it warns you if you go in there without this special suit, you'll be killed. So you need to make the special suit. So you need to find somewhere completely random in this randomly generated map uh, uh, the, the blueprint for the suit that you need to make. So once you've found that blueprint, then you need to find the things that make up that blueprint. One of the things for that is uh, toughened linen or something. Now, when I was trying to do this on my first playthrough, I found three toughened linen, and there are four you need to craft this suit. So I actually couldn't progress, and I was combing every fucking drawer, everything, every pile of rubble to try and find just a little bit more, because everything is completely random, and I could never find it. So I started another game, and this time I had to get a, a, a power core to open up a door. This door was locked in, it needed a power core. So I needed to go find a power cord, and I was looking everywhere for them. I eventually got through the other door because it, it needed a thing which I eventually stumbled upon randomly. I got through that one, and as I got to, like, the second island, as it's sort of like groups of islands, as I got to the second one, a thing appeared on my minimap. Hey, the power cord's there. And I was like, oh. why did you Why didn't you tell me it was off my map? I've spent so many hours looking for this fucking thing, and it's over in this other place. And the other, the other island, identical to the first one. Exact same tree, post box, everything. It, 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 you see, the problem is, right, this is a really bad move for them because they clearly released it in too early a state because they need the extra funding. Uh, I, yeah, because it's Kickstarter, so I assume that that's the case. Yeah, and the, it's, it's in way too early of a state, and as a result, it's going to leave a negative pressure on a lot of people, and a lot of people just aren't, are going to completely discount it. And I imagine they're adding story to it, and I imagine that a lot of these things they'll fix, a lot of these things don't sound like too difficult fixes. But by the time oh god no 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 you see i'd say that the procedure map generation is the biggest killer of that game at the moment because it's just not fun to explore because you'll fight right uh in the, the I, like literally in the video i find the same house four times and i have to go right is this one i've been in before or not because they get okay the house with interior there's as far as i can tell three different house with interior models of one yeah there's one with like three floors there's one with broken bottom there's floors. one with the sofa with the mannequin on there's one where you go in there's a sink in front of you and then there's the other one that i don't see as very often but like the one with the sink in front of you i found four times in my map and i can't remember i'm like okay have i looted this one have i not i can't tell what aggro's people either i haven't worked oh, yeah. that out but this is the thing the, these fixes i mean uh, they're not easy by any, any stretch but they're not undoable i mean adding more different houses to generate isn't that 
big of a thing. Um, but changing make, the entire chessboard structure of how things are generated is... It is yes. a big thing. It is and a big I imagine, thing. I imagine that's something they may change, may not. But either way, you know, then you've got the story element. A lot of people saying they're expecting Bioshock. They are adding story. They're just going to add it um, in what? They're going to wait till the story's finished and then add it so you don't get little bits that's here and there. That's the which... right thing to do, but without the story, the game... I it's, assume yeah. you get bits of stories you go between it, but that means I've got a... The meat of the gameplay is going to be in the survival thing, and it's going to be joined up by bits of story. But it already has, like, my thing of games is you just need to have a goal. Every good story needs to have a goal. And I've got the goal at the moment, which is just escape. It's just the way I need to get there is I need to pray to the gods of random number generation that fucking the thing that I need will just be here. But then, I mean, then it got to the point with that tough and living one, which I totally forgot about, was I, I just started murdering everyone that I saw on the off chance that they might have it on them when I kill them. And that's how I got from two Tavlinen to three Tavlinen, because I started killing everyone, but then there was just, like, no one around anymore. That's odd for a survival game that you're capable of killing everyone. You shouldn't be able to. Surely in a survival oh, game, God, the way they, you're not supposed to be able to kill everyone. The you're way they balance it is fucking awful. So it's got weapon degradation. Right, in the, in the, in the video, uh, which I recorded it today, I haven't actually got around to editing or anything yet, so I don't know what it's going to be up, but I get this, like, this weapon, which is a rock tied to a stick. I get four hits from it before it breaks and it's gone forever four uh, hits two yeah but it, it's it's so steep and like the thirst the hunger and the sleeping are so oh, consistent much, yeah. they're so unstoppably constant like thirst is quite easy because in my generation i had a water thing right outside where i slept so i could do like that sort of thing like to do if i did one lap i walked around the first tiny island where you start the game i did one lap around it and by the end of that i needed to sleep my thirst was gone and I needed food. But food, there's there's not infinite items. You have to keep moving because you're just randomly finding things. So I got to the point where I got food and I'm like, well, now I starve to death. Like, that's... I couldn't find a way of getting more food. Also, I got the plague at one point, which just gradually kills you. And then you die. That's it. And this is... Remember, this is a story-focused game, but it defaults to permadeath on... Also, I'm just going to have a... I'm just going to read out the uh, reviewers... Some of the reviewers' notes... Um, <clears throat> this early access build does not contain any of the playable character stories beside the introduction so in E3 you'll be able to experience the complete narrative when the game goes into full release next year next year as well yeah it's, they said um, it's about 12 months away the story from being finished but I mean you just got this bit of blob gameplay the procedural world on the other hand will continue to expand as development pro pro Progresses. Can I point out that doesn't mean that they're going to be changing? It may they may change how everything generates, but it means that I think like the third location, like each one's a location. There's a further location you get to, and that's not in it yet. So it's what's over the yeah. bridges. It's actually stopping you crossing all these bridges. So I don't know if that means we're going to change what we've got. But from the thing at the start, which says we've only done fifty percent of the map, I think it just means like their final big area isn't done yet. And it says this here. Um... Please treat this as an opportunity to learn the rules of Wellington Wells and experience some of the key features. Because this is all it is. All this really is. It, this is like an early alpha. Oh god, it's That's it's been... a proof of concept of the survival stuff. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. It's no. It's a proof of concept early alpha type thing that looks polished. Yeah, that's, that's the, the weird thing. If it, so when I, whenever I make anything, I, I build a really quick prototype of it in, in Construct before I build like the more complicated stuff in Unity, and it feels like someone's got their first draft and they've got their Construct thing and just polished it to a sheen. I don't quite it's know weird. why. Yeah, it's a really weird mess. And what's really weird is the critics are panning it. Every review, every website is going, "Oh, this is bad. This is this mm. is this is this is not levels of good. This is this is really quite poor." And on Steam, it's like ninety percent positive reviews at the moment. 
this is what I was saying. It's it's got a fairly decent community that actually thinks it's very good. I it think does. People, it has built a decent big community out of its Kickstarter back. I think I think have been playing it for a long people, time. People see the potential in it. Yeah, but you see, I, I even have now. to say so. Start a video because anytime I criticize, people go, "Oh, well, it's in early access." I'm like, "Yeah, I paid thirty quid for it." When you buy something in early access, the only version you are guaranteed to get is the one that's in front of you. So the especially now, especially, especially now, now with the new Steam review thing, and I imagine a lot of people they're reviewing what they are hoping it's going to be. Though, but now you review what it is right now yep. because when it comes out properly, it will be be um, it'll be represented in the user review section by recent. Yeah, that's what that is for. Yeah, review it as it is now. If it's out, that's you review it as do. it is now. Yeah, so that's that's yeah, I that's what I do in the video. I, I review it and I say, is it worth thirty pounds now? No, it's absolutely it's thirty dollars, isn't it? It's absolutely not uh, worth thirty dollars because it's twenty three pounds. Give this a look. I need pounds. to give this a look because from your description, I'm actually not even thinking it sounds that bad. It still sounds kind of like my sort of thing. But it's it's, so, looking, it's a survival it a game where you can't. You have to just keep running back and forth to your base to sleep. Or you could try and sleep randomly in the bed, but you just sort of get found. And the only way to actually do any of the survival thing is to just loot stuff. Okay, I'm but there's not. But the thing th is, the worst thing is, there's not a lot to loot. There's only like five or six houses that are scattered around the place, and then there's a few optional quests and things. But every single optional quest that I came across needed something else to complete it, and all of that was scattered between the worlds on God knows what island. I'm going to read out one of the positive reviews here. This is from someone with 62 hours in the so game. So that's someone who's had the alpha for a while there. This is someone who's that's a Kickstarter key, This is a key thing. A lot of these reviewers are Kickstarter. Who the fuck has played that game for 62 hours? How is there 62 hours of gameplay in that game? Well, no, this is one of... Someone else has played it for 80 hours. Uh, it says, okay, the specific review is, much more than a sandbox, we happy few is a world in which you choose your own personal narrative. Developers no, well, stop, right. Actually, now, I'm going to interrupt you this constantly is, as this person is wrong. There's not a personal narrative because the actual game is going to have a story-focused narrative. That's why the game currently has absolutely nothing narrative-wise in it. Carry on. <clears throat> this isn't done though. Simple cut. Uh, this, this isn't done through simple cutscenes or dialogue checks, but by your actions and the strategies for survival. I look forward to seeing how the game continues in early access, though it is a remarkable experience already. Totally not. Wow. There's another review here. Right. Uh, this is someone with 81.3 hours in the game. Uh -huh. This. I mean, this is someone who's bought it on Kickstarter and played it since then. Uh, it's beautiful, uh, blah, 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 blah. It's not. Uh, it, so that's the problem, it, is it's the prologue. And uh, everything that I have, all the problems I have in this game spawned from that fucking prologue. Because that prologue is like 10 or 11 levels higher than yeah, anything else. Yeah, it sets else. the tone completely. Yeah, it, it sets your expectations. Like, it's beautiful. I mean, it's got a few graphical errors. Like, if you look down from the windows, you'll see all the buildings are hovering and shit like that. But it, it's a beautiful, beautiful well-designed, gorgeous, small area. And then when you get in this just pre-rendered, every building's thrown down, everything's exactly the same and recognisable, it just looks dull. It's a very boring-looking game. It's, there's nothing visually interesting about it. Mm. Okay, so th this review here is the most helpful review on Steam. It's the one with 80 hours. The first, there's three paragraphs. first paragraph, it, it seems, it reads like a press release. Yeah. It's a welcome to Welcome Well, the beautiful 1960s utopia. You better be on your best behaviour, blah, blah, blah. Uh, on a serious note, if you're looking for a dystopian survival game full of retro, mm, retro futuristic aesthetics, psychological tension, paranoia more than you've come to the right place. Bear in mind that what you're buying right now is unfinished and missing a story, but where it currently lacks a story, it makes up in the amount of things to do. <laughs> 
There you see, are... that, that description there, that's why I kickstarted this damn thing. Yeah. There are events and scenarios scattered around the city and the districts to find and complete, which help you gain more insight and knowledge into the history of the city. There are also tons of crafting recipes to discover, items to find and use, and dozens upon dozens of ways to kill or be killed, like every other game. Yeah. It's been, it's literally a description of any game. Uh, see, but it's not, it's, it's not, it's never, it's never infinite ways of doing shit. It's mm. never lots of ways of doing things. It's one way, and it it, just, it doesn't even have many tools of doing it. Like it's because everything is just scattered to the four winds. Right, I had to build uh, antiseptic for one of my things. One of the things I needed was antiseptic for this guy who was lying on the floor and bleeding. Because they have these random missions. Like all the random missions for me were in one corner of the map, which I found really fucking annoying. Because I had to keep, I couldn't like just bounce between stuff. I had to keep going out and coming back. But it needed antiseptic, so I was like, right, I've got to find the antiseptic thing. And after about half an hour of searching, just randomly around the thing while doing other stuff, I found the antiseptic recipe in a teapot in someone's house. Ah. And that needed, and then I go, oh, what's the recipe for it? Oh, you need two mouldy potatoes. I've got one. So now I've got to find a mouldy potato, which is somewhere out in the fucking world. Find a potato, then just wait. Uh, Eventually, only it will be a multi-potato. Potato. Well, that's the thing is, that, that what you've just described there is a good way of doing this game. That is a logical way of doing it. But there's no way of growing or like building anything. Well, surely what you do is you leave town because you're looking for a potato patch and that will be in a farm or someone's garden. You look in gardens or you look at farms that will be around the outside of the town. Because no. logically that's where you'd find a potato. No, I found the second multi potato after beating someone to death. They had it on them. Yeah, maybe they had the Here. same idea as you and already cleared out the farm. But there is, is no farm because everything, everything, absolutely everything, is this one city with a bit of flowers around the edges and then sea. Yeah, everything is the same. And the second island Sheer was identical face. to the first island. And the worst thing is, I took some joy at the end because I thought the whole game is about that joy, and then you start visualizing and seeing weird shit. And I thought that'd be really fun to actually like everything would clean up, and I, was, I wanted to see what that visual effect looked like. When you take joy, it puts a little pink filter over everything, and there's a rainbow in the sky, and everything's still decrepit yeah. and mouldy, and you have a bit of a jauntier walk. Made me feel sad. Now there's another review here. Uh, it's eighty uh, percent positive, eighty uh, percent helpful uh, out of two thousand six hundred people who voted. Eighty percent found it helpful. Uh, <clears throat> two hours on record. Went out to the local shop to get some tea bags and crumpets. Shop's deep. Oh, it's a fucking joke. Sh- one. That's a joke. Questionably. That's a joke. It's a joke one. Shopkeeper offers me some pills. Refuse the pills, get attacked by the shopkeeper and an entire local populace. Grab a piece of pipe and kill half the town. Pick up my tea bags and crumpets and go home. See, we happy few is finally on sale. Going out to try this game now. All of these reviews are based on the expectations of what the I'd game is. I'd like going to point to be. two things out. One, in my several hours of playing, I've never actually found a shopkeeper. I found someone who I thought was a shopkeeper, but he sent me on a quest to find a cuddly toy. I found a cuddly toy, but that I couldn't pick out, so I assume that wasn't the right cuddly toy. I've never actually seen a shopkeeper at all. I found a bit of, I've counted a bit of money, but I've never actually found a shopkeeper. Uh, and there's no tea bags or crumpets because it's a joke like, review. This is the problem. Like most of these, there are several negative reviews, like, you know, with 10 hours, one hour, and they all address these big complaints. Yeah. You know, they all address these big, big problems. And they don't have that many people finding them helpful. Yeah. Like, like someone's basically saying what we're saying. The start of the game seems great. The rest of it is randomly played, you know, it's not very good. And as many people find that review helpful, and has found that, it, that joke review helpful, that positive joke review, and it feels like um, people who like the game, the, the big rabid fan base around it, are dis- like are saying negative reviews aren't helpful, even if they're fully are, and it's just, ugh. Yep, good, we've stumbled into another fanboy war. I look forward to my it. video going live. Now, um, <laughs> fuck that game, essentially, for, for the time being. Might be good. 
Anyway. Anyway, we've had enough of going early access. Boo, we happy few. Let's instead go early access. Yay, because RimWorld entered its early access. Yes. RimWorld's actually good. I've not played it yet. Matt, have you played RimWorld? No. Shit, it's really <laughs> good. Damn, I was hoping one of you might have played RimWorld. Bloody amazing. <laughs> it is. Oh, yeah, it's this kind of like prison architect y kind of. It looks prison architecty. I'm told of... it's like a distant descendant of Dwarf Fortress, and it's yeah. it's it's sort of survivally and sort of crafty. It's pr I think it's absolutely amazing. Its problem is like you can tell that once upon a time, maybe a year ago, there was like a really simple prototype game mm -hmm. that was like put out by the developers, and a couple of people who like that sort of thing said, "Oh yeah, this is really interesting," and they played the bare bones, and then they released you know version zero point one. And they added a bit of stuff in 0.2 and 0.3. And they added more and more stuff. And it said, yeah, this is getting better and better and better. And then they finally released it into early access the other day. And somebody forgot to tell the developers, hey, the fact that everyone knows how all this stuff works is because they've been with you through 20 slow iterations. And people who are new to this game have no bloody clue what's going on. And have you thought about maybe adding a tutorial for the ridiculous amount of depth that you've put into this game? Mm -hmm. Actually, I've just searched RimWorld in, the, in my emails and there's a code here. But there's also an email from... Uh, October 2013 from the dev when he was trying to get the kickstart. <laughs> yeah, that so would, the, 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 the fact that I think like you can tell it's actually been around for a very long time because like I think like the community or the devs or both have become a bit blind to the fact that the UI is really really bloated and clunky. Like when you start up, there's like buttons all along the bottom of the oh, screen shit. and I, stuff up in the top of the screen. I literally like, I remember really that I, I booted it up and then went yeah not now. Like I didn't get any. Fun. I got to that main menu screen. And I built a character, and then it was like, hey, so uh, what do you reckon your character's blood tastes like? And I was like, I don't know, what, are these, what is any of this? Yeah. Here's a map. Give us an exact geo-coordinate you're going to land. Also, here's three people. Here's their entire life story. Make sure you micro-optimize that. Okay, now you're here. Here's 17 menus along the bottom of the screen. Eight of And they just have... Someone is just blind to the fact that that's fine if you've been playing it for 80 hours, but if you're new to this and you were never there when it was earlier and simpler and you understood the basics, yeah. it's really, really... Like, I had to walk away from the computer three times to look up something online and, like, find a big introduction to RimWorld post and read through it yeah. just to understand what the bloody hell was going to on. To me, that's what, like, modern Terraria is like, which is why I never touch modern Terraria. Because like, there's, there's no tutorial. There are just tooltips, but the tooltips are the most baffling things in the world because, like, they're clearly supposed to be contextual but they sort of shit themselves quite a lot which is they they simply just pop up and with no reason like the first one that popped up for me was telling me how to train my dog like i've literally landed on a crash planet i've got no shelter no food no water hey here's how you train your dog did you have a dog that's, that that's that's great game i was kind of hoping you might tell me how to build shelter or where to find food <laughs> but let's get on with training fluffles how to shake hands <laughs> screw it let's do it oh i like the name fluffles mm. We have a dog and calling it Fluffles. Aww. Yeah, Fluffles, Fluffles the Husky. He was great. I loved him. He never died. I kept him alive. Aww. Until the accident. Look, I would gladly, gladly, I would have eaten any of my settlers before we ate Fluffles. All right. Oh. Wow. Gladly, if that's what it came to. Yeah, I said, yeah, I got, I didn't get past pooing it up because I, I kind of go into love. It's, it's one of those things. I was like, oh, I need to be in a certain mood for this game. Like, mm. I, I kind of, I looked at it, I was like, oh, prison architecty, creative kind of thing. I could probably, you know, go through the tutorial of that, but as soon as, I don't think there's a tutorial yet, as far as I can No, there's no tutorial. Yeah. There's just dynamic tooltips that kind of come up in a really random order. Yeah. And, like, there's the stuff that, like, there's stuff that doesn't even make sense, but you can only think it makes sense if you got really so into that game that you've stopped seeing it objectively. Like, how if you've got, if you've built a table that converts an animal 
into raw meat and you've got a person that's assigned to preparing meat and you've directed the person towards the raw animal, they will not do it even and if they're starving to death, they will not prepare it until you've gone into a sub menu on the, the butchering table that's called the bill menu. You need to set a bill telling your settlers to take an animal and turn it into raw meat. If there is animal, then turn it into meat. I've no even idea what bill means in that context, but the menu is called bill. Unless you go into the menu that's listed as bill, it, your settlers will all starve to death. It's just named after one of the Kickstarter backers. Probably. I don't know. <laughs> I can only assume you're right that someone that someone pledged 500 pounds. And as a result, one of the menus is named after Thank him or Christ something. Thank Christ his name is because Bill and not Xanadu Math 4. It just doesn't, like there's so much stuff that just doesn't make any sense. Unless you literally go away and read a guide and know about it ahead of time. Which is a sign of a very bad thing. But like after like three hours of struggling with the interface, I was having a really lovely time. And it's got that wonderful thing that happens in procedurally generated games where sometimes random stuff just happens and you can make your own narrative about it. Yeah. Like about like three hours in, a naked pyromaniac showed up. And, but she was really, really good with fighting, so I just gave her my gun and sent her out hunting, and she just basically went screaming out into the <laughs> rain with a shotgun and just brought back a massive bison creature, and we ate well that night, and we welcomed her in, but we never, we, unfortunately we didn't have any fur, so she just had to be naked because we had no clothes for her. So we just all sat around the table, and she was naked and massive, and she was for some reason twice the height of everyone else, and it was wonderful. <laughs> and it's just that sort of beautiful thing that just happens in a, you know, a survivally, randomly generated game, and it was great! Because like, I've had that experience and no one else would have really had a similar experience that. It was fantastic. But yeah, it just takes a lot of getting used to. I think it's fantastic, but it definitely needs a tutorial, but it is genuinely very, very good. It sounds like the opposite of, of We Happy Few in every mm. single aspect. Like, they've got <laughs> procedure generation, but they've actually used it right. It is in early access, but it's actually been released at sort of the right time for it. Yeah. Well, I think games like that work well in early access. Then we Prison Architect work well in early access, as long as the basic mechanics are down. Oh, yeah, Prison Architect just uh, announced their final update, version 2.0. 2.0, yeah. Which is going to be mm. cleaning up and doing a lot of stuff. I haven't watched that video yet. I'll get around to it. I like those two guys who do them. And then they're moving on to Scanner Somba, which I've actually played at um, EGX Res this year. I'm not sure, Matt, if you had a chance to play that. I basically played nothing at Res. I just watch people play things to see if they're interesting to watch. That's fine. Like, the thing is, Scanner Sombra, which is one things they say there's going to be like the first one that comes out after Prison Architect 2.0. Like, I spoke to some of the guys who were exhibiting it, and they were like saying this is in like a really early, still almost like tech demo phase. Like, there was no game. It was purely the aesthetic of you're wandering around in what was at the time pitch blackness, and you're spraying stuff with like your magic dot gun. And that makes things appear as if, like, the outlines of them, but with dots on them or whatever. It's, it's hard to explain. Just go and look up footage of Scanner Songbra if you've never seen it before. Um, but, like, they were saying, like, there's not really a game. It's only one level. There's no story. There's no anything. It was just a tech demo. So I'm not sure how long this is going to take them. But it feels like the version that they were exhibiting at EGX Res was nowhere near close to ready to show to the public, really, in terms of, like, actually anyone playing it. As anything more than a tech demo, anyway. And it'll be on early access starting tomorrow. Now, I would I would like to talk about something I don't like, which I know you two do like. Huh. This is going to be important of contention. Fallout 4's new DLC. Yeah, what's your problem with that, Matt? Okay, right. It added Christmas trees, Matt. Why do you hate Christmas? Actually, I went through a list of all the new stuff it had added, and I was like, how much does this cost like by itself? And it's like £4. I'm like, I would pay £4 for this. I did pay Christmas for Christmas trees, Matt. Christmas trees. Now, look, I don't like it because it's, um, as I said, I said it's, it's annoyingly restrictive in a lot of ways you wouldn't expect. Like what? When you get down to the nitty gritty, like you can't have a, 
the way the rooms work is there's all the room sections are prefab. You can't just place a floor and a wall. It's like a floor wall combo thing. Yeah. Now, yep. It's modular. Are, you're literally building a vault out of yeah, modular pieces modules. that Voltex shipped now, in. Makes sense. Apart from the atriums where you do get walls and floors and ceilings separately. Yeah. Well, this this is the inconsistent bit because, for example, when you make a room, right, you can have a door on a corner, right? Yeah. A door with a wall on the right. You can't do that with a window. Uh-huh. You have to no-clip them. Yep, uh, in the atriums, you can't have a corner door because there's no corner door piece, and you can't place a door and then a wall because it doesn't, they, don't, they, they, they collide with each other. So you can't have a corner door in the atriums. If you want to use the atrium roofs, you have to use a prefab for the atrium roofs if you want the walls to work. And when you do that, you can have no... The, the walls on the top floor of the atrium on the ends will be the prefab, which means you can't put doors there. I never found the doors. need for prefabs in any of the atrium building. No, the this atrium seems roofs, to be something that you, the big, yeah, the, again, big, the big atrium roofs. Again, I got no problems with those big atrium roofs. How though? Because the the end pieces have to be the prefab thing. They didn't seem like to, a big piece with a wall built in. I just built them onto walls. What? I just built them off walls. The roofs just clipped onto a wall because they flatten off of the bottom. The roofs do, but the end point where they where they go to the end, the end, the end of the thing. I have no idea. I, I don't, at the end, if you want it to connect, the end to connect to the wall properly without clipping. But who, I, I don't know. God damn. Look. Yeah, like I, I had fun. Like Voltech DLC is the epitome of you'll have as much fun out of it as you're willing to put in. If you can have fun building a little vault and setting it up and fun experiments, well, even if they're well. not the experiments of the game. If you can have fun just you know, dressing it as you will. I think there's way more to be got out of. Honestly, like I've had more fun with Voltech DLC than I had with Contraptions or Wasteland. Oh, Contraptions is a waste of fucking time. Yeah, Contraptions mm. was shit. But Contraptions was utterly shit. Wasteland Workshop, like, the only good thing I really got out of that I really liked was lights, and Voltec does that better, because Voltec has stupidly powerful lights, and I like the stupidly yep. powerful lights. It does have the worst thing they've actually added, though, to the entire Ooh. game, and it's the thing... Oh, okay. What's that? One, that fucking horse, the... What's it called? The, the gymnast's thing that you can do gymnastics. The pom- pommel horse. That's the word I was looking for. I just built one of those and then just to look at it, what's wrong with it? Well, have you tried using it? No, I didn't even realise you could. I thought it was just for decoration. Oh my god. Try using it and you go at it like you're a fucking Olympic gymnast. No, that and the weightlifting give you a bonus. That gives you an agility bonus and the weightlifting gives you a strength bonus. Which is their point. What Do you know what the energy bonus is? Because you get energy boost from... Oh, wait, no, that's probably to the power grid, isn't it? Because it, it flags up energy boost when you do the cycling, but I guess that just means while you're doing yes. it, you're providing two extra power. Yes. Like anyone else would, I guess. Yes. If you can boot the game up now and stealthily in the background test your pommel horse, I'd quite like... Oh, no, God, no. My com- I'm worried that my computer's core temperature is worryingly <laughs> high already because I'm rendering at this moment. Well, basically, you go at it like you're Olympic gymnast. With the, hey, oh, hey, oh. You do, like, spins and flip, and you get off it by, like, doing a, ha- a triple handstand backflippy bollocky thing. And it is nice. the most tonally deaf part of the entire game. Like, to me, like, I... No, 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 that... no, no. That's not the most tonally deaf part of the game. There's e- equally or more tonally deaf it's bits pretty off. That. But, no, the worst thing that they've added, the absolute worst thing they've added, is all that nice fixed-up furniture. Because mm. they've got... I love the fixed-up They've up got furniture. new variants of the furniture that's all nice and fixed-up. The problem with it is the fixed-up furniture, in many cases... Costs less resources to build than the battered stuff. 
Well, obviously, it takes less time because you, if you're build, if you're crafting it yourself, it's like, it takes X amount of time to build a table. For a scale covered in like scatches right? and scuffs and stuff, Gibson. you'd have to do all the scatching and scuffing oh, yourself. Gibson guitars, right? Gibson, Gibson guitars, they sell worn, pre-worn guitars, worn based on like famous guitarists, and they cost like five grand versus the standard one, which costs like two. Like it's three grand to get it worn. Yes, but th- th- in the game, when you're building a bed, it's because it's it looks all battered. It's because you built it out of the lit bits of wood and cloth that you could find. Whereas why? No, does it no, cost... no. You you built it. Then in order to get that proper aesthetic, oh you God. had to take it down to the river and dunk <laughs> it for a bit. Take it out, dry it, dunk it a bit more. It takes time. We're not talking to get the mattress not, looking we're not like that. Room world anymore. This is Fallout. It just annoys me that you can boot the game up and once you've dealt the deals, like because you can do that outside. All of these things can be built outside the vault, including the vaults themselves, which I quite like. You can build which actually really the really annoys me because it gives you like the Fallout One vault door. Yeah, in, that's the only one you can actually build. And you no, know, I like that vault door in its own way, but I'm sat there going, yeah, but why would I want to build like vaults are meant to be underground or in a mountain? Yeah, I can't. I'm just going to build a vault door and then just have a house. I mean, that you can build a vault sense. door and then have the whole vault just sitting there. Floating. Yeah, but then it just, the vault door clips it quite nicely into the concrete building set. Actually, yeah, if you want to build like a vault, a little just a little vault house, the concrete building stuff clips really nicely onto the vault doors. Mm. But yeah, you got that. But now, when you get into the real world, especially in something like survival mode or something where resources are a bit more scarce, you can build like I think it's like two or three times the amount of beds. It's two times the amount of beds that you can that are clean than the battered ones because they only cost two cloth compared to the other ones which cost four. They're not just clean. They've got undersheets and top sheets. Yeah. I've been wanting Whoa. that since the beginning. <laughs> that everyone's just happy, bloody, just lying on a mattress on a frame. And finally, we've actually got flipping bed linen. Thank Christ for bed linen. Yeah, everyone's going to sleep on top linen. of, which is... Yeah, okay, annoying. fine. No one actually tucks themselves in. <laughs> which is a bit annoying. I do wish I could just go around at night just tucking all of my settlers and companions in. Good night. Give them a little kiss on the forehead. Good night. I've, I've put up me on the pommel horse in the live stream, and fuck me. You really weren't joking. No, have you not tried it before? <laughs> no, I didn't I didn't know you could. I thought it was just a passive thing that you could. No. Bloody hell. Yeah. Oh, my God. Look at that guy go. I'm oh, sorry. I'm watching oh, that. what the bloody <laughs> hell, Matt? Wait, wait till the dismount. Christ. It's the dismount. The I robot want. is impressed as well. So oh, we got robot yeah, is... We're watching this on a bit of a delay to everyone else, but it's... Uh... What? Matt, you should get off Jesus it. I, I did. Okay, good. That's ridiculous. There's the dismount. Oh, God, is just bloody hell. What? <laughs> so when I said that the that's probably the most tonally death part of the game, I think I was quite accurate in that. No, I still I still stand the most tonally death part of the game was the very first time I played when I walked down the hill into the... the a horrible silence of the dead sanctuary hills went straight into a melon. Like, hmm, I should probably get someone to pick those. <laughs> yeah, that. No, I get I get very annoyed by this DLC as well because I some of the problems like um the way doors work since you have to have a hallway, then a door piece, then a door, then a door piece, then a room. No, 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 no. no you don't. You can take anything that's got any sort of gap on it, and you can just slap an end piece door onto that's it to what, make it into a door. That's what I think. No, I know. Yeah, I know. That's what I mean. You have to have so you have to have the thing in the end piece door, then the door, and the end piece door, and then the room. That's what I mean. Yeah. But okay. like, it, okay, okay. You know, if you're building stairs. Yeah, right. uh, I haven't actually built many stairs okay, in the let's vault say, right. stuff. But... How I build stairs is I'll build stairs and then I'll build the rooms and I'll add the doors. You can't do that in this. Hmm. Because if you build stairs and then a room off the stair and then try to add a door, the door will clip into the stairs and mean you cannot walk up the stairs without hitting something and then you have to jump. 
Interesting. Yeah, and the only and then well, by the you, time why are, you re- on the, are you putting on a door end bit for this as well, which sticks out a bit further? I'm putting on the door end bit, yeah, but that's the problem. The way I build it doesn't like like the door end bit like doesn't fit properly on the stairs, and then by the time like I forget sometimes, Frank. Actually, no, yeah, I'm looking. This does have a door end bit on it, so it doesn't. It just it's clipping. I think you have to build them in a specific order, though. I think if you build oh, the door end bit, you have to in the right order. Like if you want a house that's got an elevator in it, you build that elevator first, and everything else no, branches yeah. off but that elevator. Thing. If you build if you build the door the, the door thing after you build the other room, it doesn't clip properly, and that means you by the time you realise that, and you know I'm saying you know in, in, granted that is my fault. I should have planned for that, but frankly. It shouldn't be in a position where I have to literally scrap my entire upstairs area because of that one error. Mm-hmm. And it's annoying. And it's there's so many just little annoyances that I'm sat there going, yeah, they could have just put a little more effort into this, you know? <laughs> they could just, just... And, you know, if I can't build replicas of any of the other fucking vaults because it doesn't have all the tile pieces and you can't build doors into the end bit of the atriums and it's... Uh, I got very frustrated at it. And to me, like, it's got very negative reviews on Steam as well. I've not, I've not had any problems with it, but I think that's because I spent 16 hours building the world's most annoying base that took a thousand years. I think years. it is. You're kind, of, you're kind of used to the packs. I'm used to the quirks as well. And I think the quirks are one of the things you have to get used to. But the thing is, when they're adding this much advanced shit to it, they really should have fixed the quirks. Like, this is the, the problem I have with GTA Online as well. In that it's like, this DLC reminds me a lot of what GTA Online has done with their fucking clothes. Yeah. You ever go into a GTA Online clothes shop, store, and it's got like five categories for the, the sweaters. Five sweater categories, and some of them don't make sense, and then it's a mess, and then things don't work with other things even when they should, and then they shouldn't, and then some things will, will work. Like, like, if you want to wear a turtleneck under a suit shirt, right? Which sounds ridiculous. I mean... Central 2 did this fine where it had layers, but this doesn't do oh that. Oh my god, Saints Row 2 clothes customization is it should have been the defining model because you pick your clothes like you pick like your undershirt overshirt coat. It was layered up like it is in sort of the wrestling games, but the each bit had like constant colors you could change, and then you could add logos onto, and then you could choose different styles like tucked, untucked, open, ripped. Oh yeah. But this doesn't do that. GTA clearly wasn't built for that no. because if you want to get, for example, a open shirt or a closed shirt, they're two separate purchases. Yeah. You want you want a blue shirt with a buttoned up top or a blue shirt with an open top. They are two different five grand purchases. Those shirts. I can't think of any easier way to have an open or closed button shirt, Matt. Can you? Separate <laughs> one. If you can come up with a simpler solution, I'd like to hear it. Let's, but like, then get, the, get conquer the, that uh, reason we have to go to the Antarctic to get all that ice. So much effort. But, but this is the thing. Like, you look at it and you, you look at the, this clothes system. You know, if you want, like, a turtleneck with a shirt, a, a, a suit, um, not even a suit, like, this cashmere coat, these long coats. Um, and if you want to wear a turtleneck with a cashmere coat, you can't. It doesn't let you. But you can buy an outfit that the turtleneck wears with a cashmere coat. And if you buy this outfit, you can change the color of the cashmere coat by buying a different cashmere coat. But if you try and change the turtleneck and the cashmere coat disappears, then you can't wear any cashmere coat with it. And it doesn't matter that much, but it's it's indicative of the fact that it, the system isn't designed to, for that shit and nothing works correctly together. Hmm. If you're just joining us on the podcast now, by the way, uh, Matt had a very bad experience in Dorothy Perkins today and has been talking <laughs> about it for the last 10 minutes. But no, this is what this for, because even like the menus, especially now, are John mentioned this in the break about how, like, for example, the vault door, like, vault doors are either in structures, like, vault, structures of vault doors, there is the vault door and three windows for some reason, but then if you want the other vault door, that's not in structures vault doors, that's in structures doors, and it's really, 
It's inconsistent as fuck. It's a mess, yeah. isn't if it? You want, if you want to find... If, uh, lighting is even worse, which is oh. lighting can be any number of places. Like, if you want, say... A, like, if you want, like, uh, say, the sconces, obviously that's not going to be in, in lights. That's going to be in decorations, miscellaneous, other. Mm -hmm. Even though it's a wall decoration and a light, it's not in wall decorations or lights. No, no, no. That just gets shoved in miscellaneous. Yeah. And everything's it's, just it's like, if you want to find, oh god, right yeah. Path. And there's no oh, proper filtering system. You can't filter to just show well, me the, nothing well, but vortex this is the stuff. Big, this is one of the big problems with it. In no that filtering. The, well, I thought that was like RB to search or something. That's always at the bottom, but I've never actually used. It's like add to something. But this is the whole thing, though, isn't it? This entire thing feels to me like it, it's made for consoles, isn't it? Because you have to use the yeah. arrow keys to navigate yeah. and all this. And on a PC, this should really be something like a Minecraft style system or any any other building game where you open a menu and you drag things to your hotbar and place things. Mm -hmm. Like, have a building mode hotbar. Mm -hmm. And let me use that, and then let me just scroll along, because this is a mess. Or just give me Planet Coaster style, zoom out and build it in third-person-y flying this. No, I don't even know why you can't do that, because... It already breaks the laws of the game anyway. We're just letting you build a whole piece instantly. So why oh not? I love I love mining uranium in Vault 88. Just oh, I'm gonna just destroy this entire wall oh, and mine this no, thing. No, the entire Vault 88 opens right with this ghoul who's been trapped there for 200 years with a lot of heavy mining equipment. Going, I need help, and saying, open up the workshop and clear that the thing. Oh, thank God you found that workshop because I haven't been able to get out of here with heavy mining equipment for 200 years. It's just not strong enough. Yeah. Yeah, the, the workshop is, is basically what? magic somehow. What? It's, it's some it's form just, of magic. It breaks the fourth wall. It's like, oh, the, the workshop exists. What? It, what, it, 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 what? I got very it's annoyed magic. with it. magic. That's what it basically is, isn't it? It's just, uh, it's just, it's just ignored. Yeah. And it, you, it's, you, it's, it's you, know, you know, you can just, if you want to pass for a solid object in a settlement, you literally just like select it for a second, walk through it, and then just tap B and you're out of it again. And, and it, it yeah, I just face for a wall. Don't worry. It I can just do that because I'm magic. When it's when the workshop gets involved, I was like, "Oh, thank you for clearing that rubble for, with the workshop." I couldn't do it with all this heavy mining equipment. But and the train. <laughs> yeah, it's like she has literally like this mining equipment was used to carve out the entire thing. Like, this what? Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the, I might see my uh, weak point of that was the quest itself. It's like, do these experiments? Oh. You just run the four nice ones and then ends. Yeah, and it's it's wait an hour. Like, run the experiment, set them to it, and then wait an hour. Yeah, and God fucking forbid you try and, like, delete one of the things. Because I, I, I clicked on... I accidentally built the wrong... Uh, I gave it the wrong thing. I pushed the button. I was like, oh, I've given, I gave the slot machine, like, the top one. I wanted to give it sort of the bottom one, which is the nice, friendly one. So I was like, oh, I'll just delete it and build a new one, because I couldn't seem to change it. Deleted it. It's not mm. in your build menu anymore. Good. Oh. Good. Got to reload the game up, because that's uh, now a game-breaking bug. Ha! Ah, accidentally managed to you know, depower that fucking radio, so I couldn't get anyone in the fucking. Oh, what? Yep. Yeah, one of my big, big good bugs as well is that the um the you know there's a, a pre-built uh power thing and water thing yeah. in yeah. Well, if your base gets attacked by raiders or whatever, and they break those, there's no way to repair them. Yep. Yeah. yeah, you just so have my... to fat, you just have to put in new power instead. Yeah, but the water thing now no longer works at all. I can't repair that. The new power thing was the... The, the power thing that's already there is the only power thing that will power the radio beacon built into the vault. You no, can't no, put well, all the power you, you sources just to, You that. just need to put any other generator into no, the vault stuff work. that makes the entrance. They don't work. No, if you that other generator, any other generator will not power that radio beacon, that one that's built in. Can you just build a new radio beacon out you of your... Just... You can. You can build a standard radio beacon, the one used at normal settlements, but that's not the point. I mean, it's... 
it's it's these are things that they don't matter that much, but it's indicative of them not really like caring that much about it. Yep. It feels like a very knockdown piece of DLC. And like even the design. Oh no! Come on, we've had contraptions recently. Oh, I know, you can't a... call this we've that just, when that's we've that's had point, contraptions. Isn't it? We've just had contraptions. Which is the epitome of knockdown I mean, pushed like, okay. out. Okay, bad design choices. For example, you know the you get the the three big areas. You know you get the you can clear the whole vault. Yeah. Oh, that was example. see that was just fun for me. I, I played that, that bit like this or a cleanup detail because it's just fun. And I then every now and then you just it. find a nightmare room with like seven or eight red scorpions yeah. in. And you know it connects to a u- university point pharmacy and also connects to like a, a um a the manhole near the, the Milton yeah Milton General Hospital. And I was like, oh, this is cool. This is fun. I go around, I cleared it all. And then I cleared it all. And then I was like, okay, how would I build stuff in these? Because some of the areas you have to get through through little tunnels. So there's no way to actually build up like thing, like vault-based things to go through. So you'd have to like have the vault end. Then people walk through these awkward little tunnels and then build some more vault bits. Yeah. That's and where what... you put little lamplight mats, But obviously. what's the point in having all the extra space? If... Yeah, there's loads of space to build here, but most of it is you wouldn't build in because it's in awkward like vaults are supposed to snap together. You build you build one vault all in blue and another vault another bit all in red. Then you give each of them a terminal that activates weapons in the other vault and then just do a prisoner's dilemma with them. <laughs> you, you laughed. That's a question of Fault New Vegas, Dan. That's actually also the thing from Dark Knight as well. Hmm. You're the Joker. Fair child. enough. Except well, you're in a vault, not a boat. I mean, one of the it things. Rhymes, one, so, of the things you know. one of the things about this mm. is yes, you can have make a little base in a train t- tunnel, I guess now. Yep. But to me, it's like okay, you can all these tunnels, train tunnels, these 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 reasonably sized areas. You just have to go. Well, you can only build a couple of rooms in here, and then you. Yeah, to I was really annoyed at that train station that you can't destroy that train or the very obvious no. destroyable rocks next to it. You can't clean that train station up at all, so everything just stays train stationary. Like you can see the very obvious areas where it's designed for things to go. They're the areas that have perfectly flat floors. Yeah. And for example, the bits where there's there's a, a drop, those drop these these like angles, the perfect angles for the stairs. Yeah. But I'm sat there going. Yeah, but just give me one big open area. Yeah, but to be honest, once you filled up that big open area, you're going to run out of space. Yep, you've hit the, the building. And that's another thing. What What's the point? Like, I get it on PC, we can bypass that using console commands, but what's the point in making you know, you, can, you can do a better vault just at Spectacle Island. Just go to Spectacle Island and build a mega vault above You know what? There. I was going to, but then I got really annoyed because rain comes through still. <laughs> and I can, deal with that in a norm- I can deal with that in a normal house, but when I'm pretending that it's a vault, it doesn't. it ruins it for me. That could be the vault experiment. That it rains occasionally. That it rains occasionally. It'll get wet. It's not, the mo- it's not exactly well. the most spectacular experiment they've ever done, but it's, you know, need to check I mean, into society no, what happens that, if it rains frankly, occasionally. Frankly, it's a more interesting experiment than Vault 88. Hmm. Yeah. Which wasn't uh, really an experiment. Which is basically, can you get addi- can you get people addicted to addictive things? Yeah. <laughs> yes, you can. What a great... I hate, like... I mean, Vault 88 as, a, as an experiment is awful. It's an awful vault, like in terms of actually being a Fallout vault. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's Vault Twenty One, pretty much. But Vault Twenty One t- at least made a bit more sense. It was the long-term effects of gambling in a society, hmm. and gambling was used to solve like disputes and stuff where it normally wouldn't be. It was an unusual scenario, and it was seeing how it would affect people in the long term. But mm-hmm. this vault was just like, hey, we got and these the four experiments that we've done in a week. Like you, Which you is, it, there fall. is a, let's introduce psychoactive chemicals into the air, actually, in Fallout uh, 3. Was it Vault 70? 
The one that the one that's immediately to the west of Vault One Hundred One, but I can't remember what number it is. The I one like where you have the flash of your father in purple if you explore it. It's where the science bobblehead is. Don't remember. I do like. I quite like the vault that. Um, it's the music vault. Ninety-one, I believe. Near old Olney in Fallout Three. I'm a fan of the vault where it's a load of musicians and they play. Um, yeah, that's ninety-one. Ninety-one. And to me, one oh six. Someone said one oh six in the comments. They're right. Six, mm. God, and then you sat there at Vault Eighty Eight, and you're going, "Well, it, wait, the four exper- you've, do- you've there's three experiments, and one you made yourself that you've been able to do with one person in less than a week was going to be a she whole." Did, she didn't have the workshop, did she? No, she didn't have. If the she'd workshop, had the workshop, no. she'd have been able to do all of this in a if week. If only she had the workshop, boy, oh boy, solves all nice problems. I was, I also got very annoyed that you can't edit the um, entrance bit properly, aside from the furniture in it as well. I mean, we already knew canonically that the workshop is basically gives you the power of God. Because if you've got the workshop, you can just basically go up to cars, point at them with your magic finger, and they cease to exist. And then 30 seconds later, you've built a skyscraper. Yeah, but at least you can sort of pass it off as gameability. But when they actually bring it into the story, I'm sat there going, yeah. oh, come on, don't ruin the illusion. <laughs> These you know, workshops are utterly, utterly radioactive magic. It's an illusion of getting. It's amazing no one's weaponized them. You died in the nuke, and this is all a dream. Ooh, fan theories. Oh, maybe that will be the final villain in Nuka World. Maybe it'll be someone else who's harnessed the power of workshops. You know what, John? If only the pit had a fucking workshop. Holy shit! If only the pit had a single. (laughs) They wouldn't have had to do any of the slavery or the disease or the monsters. Oh god, on the fucking god. There's one person going along with his magic fingers going, you're reduced to steel, and you're reduced to steel, and now the steel is ingots. Ta-da! <laughs> no more slavery, yay! <laughs> Release the slaves, we don't need them anymore! <laughs> and this, I just get annoyed at the workshop stuff, for that reason entirely, because I, I can, I could, I, you know, Wasteland Workshop, fine, I'm starting to go, you know, this is some nice stuff, it's a cheap DLC, you know, it adds some useful stuff, fine. Contraptions Workshop came out, and I'm yeah. like, what's the point of any of this? Vault Tech DLTs that I'm going, okay, I can see the point in this, but like thematically it's the shit show. And I just I'd rather instead of them making Contraptions Workshop and Vault Tech Workshop, just give me a nice Vault DLC. Like a story bit. Like give me the mechanism. Just give me but, like, higher vault. difficulties, damn it. Give you me higher difficulties. Something. I demand mo- even more worse than current survival mode. Because as much as this is the building is fawn, it's a lot of it's it's a filler and it's it's not the main point of the game. Is it? It's to distract you. I mean, it's, it's to distract you until the new thing comes out. It is, but for, and the, to you be perfectly honest, building is the main point of that game for me, as I've proven. For you, it is, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and for a lot of people, it is the main point of the game, and I can see why they'd give stuff that. Even you don't like contraptions workshop, but do you? Oh well, no, it's fucking pointless. It doesn't add anything yeah, useful. It's and it doesn't work. You can build conveyor no. belts as long as you're there watching the thing happen slower than you could do it. <laughs> yes, the world. Someone didn't really understand what automation means. No, no, they did mm. not. Hey, should we talk about something well, more positive? Sure. I love that pause of, wait, that's not what we do here. <laughs> double Fine released a really good Double Fine game. Headline that. It's really fucking good. It's made... What's it about? I haven't, I haven't seen much about this. Yeah, it's, it's... It's... Okay, it's... Hard to explain. <laughs> it's about... Uh, you are a head. You're the last human head, and you're in a little helmet that can fly around, and you basically knock the heads off of robots and control them. And it's a 2D Wait, are you just the Toclophane? Sort of. If the Toclophane were not that evil, I suppose. It's like... 
Yeah, imagine you're just ahead from Futurama with a rocket, basically. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's 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 a yeah it's it's the heads from Futurama with a rocket strapped underneath them, and you can just take over all these robots. And the whole aesthetic is 1970s sci-fi, and it's and it's it's but it's 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 published by Adult Swim as well. It's in collaboration with Adult Swim, so everything's a bit dirty. Yeah, it's got like a layer of kink to it that I'm quite fond of. It's not like overtly just like dicks and no, stuff, it's but like everything's quite like Freudian, suggestive. Yeah. It's a little. It's, it's like, oh, here's the the, the fondalarium, and it's full of basically like um fucking uh, dick octopuses. No, not dick. No, it's not in that. It's nothing. Vagina squids. No, it's full of just beads that are clearly implied. Restipus beads. And then you have the boob tube tubery. Yeah. The boob tubery in the fondalarium. It's this and, you doesn't know, you sound have... that subtle. Well, no, it, well, it, no, it's, it, it, it plays out a lot of because these areas aren't like, oh, it's just the names of things and everything's a bit sort of... They're just on the name on the side. Yeah, but it's, 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 it's a 2D... Not... Now we have to take a swim through the Coctopus tank. It's a 2D... Beware the Coctopus, oh it's coming for you! <laughs> 2D proper Metroidvania with levelling up and finding secrets and unlocking stuff, and it's really polished. I find the, the, the dialogue is very charming as yeah, well. It's, like, it's even just talking well to the map robots... Like, um, the, the, the screams, the map robot, and they're just like, I just wanted to help you find your way around. Yeah, so, like, there's, a, I mean, a beautiful case of puzzle solving. There was a, a map robot, and I was like, oh, map, talk to him. He's like, I'm the map robot, and nothing happened. I'm like, all right, what do I do here? And I was like, oh, pulled his head off, go into his body, press the button, and we have Pip and Dandy, I've now got an upgrade to my map. Also, you're a map robot. And then you get players with a little rolling map robot, who is just amazing. So, it looks gorgeous. Like it. it plays uh, gorgeous. Oh. It's super polished. It's... It's not too long. It's about Charming. six to eight hours if you want to find everything. But it's it's just the right length for everything. And I have no idea what the critics said about it, but I assume they all hate it for some reason. It, it's got that double fine charm. Like, to me, what defined it as a really good double fine game was when I... You know, in the tutorial level, you know those three little, like, waste bots that are just yes. there? And that when I talked to them... Yeah. I spent five minutes talking to those little fucking waste robots. Yeah. And you can't... It's not like you can choose what you want to say to them. You just press E and they talk to you. But I spent five minutes talking to these fucking robots. It's a great little thing. And they were charming and it was adorable. And they were like, oh, don't mention this to this guy. And I went to this guy and I was like, I hate this thing. <laughs> they never said the same thing and they always had the different thought. And it was just, it's just charming. It's very double fine. Yeah, it's proper. very double fine. It's something double fine can only do, yeah. Wow, Destructoid gave it a 45. That's the lowest score it got. It seems to be sort of sitting around the 75 mark. Say it's better than that. I'd say it's better than that. I mean, a lot of people, like, Edge and gave it an eight and stuff, but it's, it's a to me. I don't know why they've got. See, I don't like. I don't like two D. I've never liked two D platformers generally. I love Metroidvanias. It's a really good Metroidvania. And I, I've never even liked Metroidvanias. I can't really get into them because I find, to me, I, I like the first person games because I want to be properly immersed in the game. That's why I like Fallout and Skyrim so much. Yeah. But uh, this game, I was sat there going, you know what? Actually, the gameplay is so interesting and the world so charming that I can get into it. Yeah. And that's what, to me, cemented that this is an excellent game. Yeah, I mean, it play, it's a very old-school Metroidvania. Like, once you get all of the tools and stuff, then you're just going to basically be using those tools. It's not going to explore much further. But it is beautiful-looking, and it doesn't overstate its welcome. And I feel like there's, there's not a lot of backtracking. Like, you'll be able to clear out sort of the area near and around you, and then as you get something else that pushes you further, maybe you'll leave one or two things behind, but you can go back to those... And so you're clearing out as you go with only a little bit of backtracking. So you're never at the end of the map and have to run all the way back. So it's actually, it's like a streamlined sort of Metroidvania. I think it's absolutely wonderful. Mm. It's, as well, I think it, 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 it just, I don't know. I, just like I like it. the Destructoids review is absolutely out the fucking blue. 
Like on this thing, it's like hey, I am the looking thing, at the thing and then poof. I'm, yeah, look, Metacritic, ninety. IGN gave it eighty-two. Eurogame at eighty. Polygon eighty. PC Gamer eighty. Gamespot eighty. Gamer Watcher eighty. Informer seventy-five. PC World seventy. Shack News sixty. And then just dropped out forty-five. <laughs> yeah, but they got rid of all their British brands. So fuck Destructoid. <laughs> This is, yeah, I don't know why they wouldn't. All right, that. we're coming up on 10. So, quickly, let's go through any of the oh, other shit, news we have. Wait, hang on, we've got loads we want to talk about. We, yeah, we do have like 20 minutes left. Yeah, because we went on the thing. Gone. We started late, We John. started late. Okay, fine. Yeah. God. So, Headland is really good. If you like Metroidvania, so totally go for it. And Destructoid. Okay, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to read a tiny bit of Destructoid's review. Um... <clears throat> Uh, robots show up and story to the left is so goddamn awful that I briefly considered converting um, to nihilism in response. Wow, yeah. So basically, that's someone who doesn't like Double Fine slash Tim Schafer and has decided to write a review on a thing. Because mm. those people exist. I mean, a lot of people go, oh, Double Fine, they fucked a lot of things up. Yeah, play this. This is a thing as well, isn't it? What? I saw that actually in comments for your review. A lot of people were like, you Oh, know, a lot of people like, are going, oh, it's Double Fine, I'll never Double Fine again. No, this is a really yeah, solid game. Them. And it's done. And I can see the thing is, I can see not trusting them, but it seems that not trusting them mainly stems from them from them trying to publish shit themselves because they don't manage yeah. money well. Oh, they don't manage. This money is well. pub. This is published by Adult Swim. They got the money somewhere else, and it isn't. What's really, really weird about it is that, like, Double Fine are really open about everything that happens. So with like Broken Age, when they go, they got they asked for a certain amount of money, and they got ten times that amount, and then they made a game for ten times that amount. And it took, it was a bit, it, they finished it, and it came in a bit late, but they finished it, and when people were like, oh, well, you know, we, we paid money for a thing, clearly didn't pay money for a thing, but oh, we paid money for a thing, and then, oh, they, they got ten times the amount, well, they've only made this little thing here. I'm like, yeah, because they took the original thing, and then expanded it, because they got ten times the money. They went, they didn't go, we're going to make that little small thing in Kevin, a voice acting, they went, oh, we're actually going to now go and make a full proper game, because we've got the full proper game. Like, would you all of them just take 10 times the amount and make the same thing originally, and then just have loads of extra money? Yeah, it's like when Space Base, that one crashed, and they went, all right, we, we can't do this anymore because we've run out of money. Everyone went, oh, they've just abandoned games. I'm like, yeah, because they ran out of money. Oh, they're abandoning things, but they ran out of money. Like, there's the, there comes a point where you're like, if I, we kept making this thing, we're going to run out of money, and that'll bankrupt us. So it's not run out of money. Sorry. Like, like look, they're, they're, they're the most open company, I'd say. They're one of the most open companies. We've got people like Valve, we don't even know what the fuck they're making these days. You've got people like Dumbfine who go, we actually made a full, massive documentary about Broken Age. We got everything done. We built a game that was, I believe, critically enjoyed, and people hate us for it. Okay, I'm going to read out... Massive like, Chalice came out to good reviews. That's all finished and done. They've actually finished uh, yeah, gonna, and released more I've games. I've heard good things about Massive Chalice, so keep me yeah, to I'm, look at that. Yeah, I'm going to read out, well. like, Double Fine's releases, right? Because they had, you know, it was Psychonauts, Caution Quest, Stacking. See, Stacking, uh, stacking was made by, uh, directed by a man called Lee Petty. He made Headlander, which means that three of my... Mm. Uh, sorry, my top three uh, favourite Double Fine games... Uh, Lee Petty was the director on two of them. Tim Schafer. Well, one. both of them, funny enough, both stacking and, and headline are both about kind of taking over other bodies. Uh, well, doing... so psychonauts, they're all about kind of like taking over or go inside someone. That's what Double mm. Fine is best for. And then you had uh, Brutal Legend, which I like Brutal Legend. I did, some of the gameplay was iffy, but you know what? It's Jack Black being ridiculous. I enjoyed Brutal Legend, but I never finished it because it was like, hey, here's a really cool action hacky thing, and now it's a really shit real time strategy. That yeah, I'm struggling the real with. Wait, what? Like the real time strategy gets really hard at the end. It's hard. Battling I really struggle with that fucking thing. 
No, the last the last battle, the fucking nightmare. I hated that. Yeah, I know. Uh, right. The cave, Iron Brigade. Oh, see, the cave was really disappointing. The cave was mm. so. The, the cave was one of those like we're gonna do a proper old adventure game style thing. I was like, you were really amazing. I, I was super that. fucking stoked. And then I don't think I did a video on it. Then I was like, oh god. And I played it, and mm. there was like one puzzle. That was there was a lot of just bad design, and then there was like one uh, like puzzle. I was like, "Oh, what do I do? Oh, I did the thing," and the rest of it was just a walkthrough, just walk straight mm. through, just nothing really there. It was really disappointing as fuck. Then we had Broken Age, Hack and Slash, Hack Astro and Slash. Oh my god, I I literally I've got I'm still playing through Hack and Slash, but it, like at the point now, I've got to the point in the game where I'm like, "Yeah, I should probably learn programming. <laughs> I should probably learn programming because this is starting to get really quite difficult now." Yeah. But then, um, sort of Broken Age was... Mm. <laughs> you know what I bought Broken Age? I bought that, right? I bought that on my iPad intending to play it while I was... Actually, no, I didn't buy it. Did I? No, yeah, I did. I bought it on my iPad intending to play it while I was away, and it wouldn't launch. Aww. It didn't work. Mm. And then I never looked at it again, because it just didn't work. I... It was like the only iPad game I've ever got that just didn't work. I really enjoyed the first half, so I've actually not played the second half. I've got it, and I'm just... It's basically a breaking case of really shit day game. Where I'm gonna then, and we were like, ah, fuck it, I've got a new Tim Schafer game to play. I like having those sort of bullets in the chamber every now and then, like, oh, I've got a new Tim Schafer game to play. Yeah, I'm gonna just mm. save that. And then Costume mm. Quest 2, which I think kind of. It's really good. Kind of went. It's quite fun. It came out and kind of went past without much fun. Yeah, because it was sort of I mean. just more Costume Quest, but it was good fun. Yeah. Doesn't have that many reviews, actually. Um, then Space Base DF9, which, which was a catastrophic <laughs> failure, and they went, yeah, we made a catastrophic failure. Yeah, and unfortunately, mostly negative reviews. Uh,. Grim Fandango Remastered, which was, was quite a good remaster. Oh, I totally forgot they made that. They've also made Thingy Remastered as well, which I've totally forgot about. Uh, yep. Um, thingy, uh, Day of the Tentacle Remastered. Yep. And then Massive Chalice and Headlander. So I think they are, they are coming back because they've realised we're shit at self-funding. Let's get a publisher. Yeah. Um, which is, I think, what's helped them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely... I mean, this is above and beyond anything they made for ages. Double Fine work better when they are, they have someone else publishing their games. Where they don't have to worry about the money side of things, Double Fine are just better. Because it, 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 mm. it lets them really go into what they're good at, which is making interesting worlds and making pretty decent gameplay in those interesting worlds. Hmm. And also, because I think a lot of Kickstarter, the problem with a lot of Kickstarter games have, is they have to kind of pander, I think, to the Kickstarter backers quite a lot. Yeah. Uh, where they're going, where they have to add constant updates, and you have to spend a lot of time doing constant updates and shit. And a lot, you know, a lot of the money from Kickstarter back is depending on what rewards they have. A lot of the money goes to rewards. Yeah, it's a huge chance. Most people are like it's about thirty percent goes to rewards. Mm. And generally, right, publishers. What you know, what generally happens with published games is if a publisher gives a studio money to make a game, the game gets you know seventy percent done and it's not good. A lot of times, it's just ditched. But with Kickstarter, they don't ditch them; they have to release them. Yep. So then you get a shit game rather than it just never coming out in the first place, which is what a published game would would be. Yep. And that's the big difference. That's why a lot of Kickstarter games, I think, get a lot of negative feedback because they're released in a state where they wouldn't have normally been. Yeah. Sometimes normally. games just don't work. Like Burnout, whatever the Burnout devs were working on, that's gone now. Ah, oh, but it's back again too. But yeah, Burnout, the criteria. Alex Ward tweeted just today. They're making a new racing game. They've stopped making their extreme sportsy thing that they spent years on. And they're now making a uh, new racing game. But then again, I'm not super excited because Criterion made the excellent Burnout series, but they also made the terrible, terrible Need for Speed games. There was quite a few Need for Speed whoa, games. Whoa, whoa, whoa. 
at yeah. least 17 of them were okay. No, right. Those new Need for Speed games, right, they weren't terrible. They were just terrible because they tried to make Need for Speed Burnout. Yeah. And it was half in between them and neither of them worked yeah. together. And it just... They're not things you really want to mush together. I mean, it's pretty all right. I mean, like the... The open worldy one that was just basically Burnout Paradise 2 is the one I played. It's the Need for Speed game I played the most, but because it was basically Burnout Paradise 2. To me, nothing will beat Need for Speed Underground 2. Yep. Need for Speed Underground 2 with that fantastic customization. And a really good soundtrack. Ridiculous. Yeah. And then GEA kind of tried to add that with one of the uplays and I got really excited and then they never touched it again and every time. It's like, we want you to spend 30 billion pounds and we want money to get this fucking car. I'm like, I don't know. All right. Yep. Right. Quick thing we have to do, I just realised we have to mention, it's been Comic-Con, so there's been some Comic-Con trailers to watch. Some? Yeah. Lego fucking Batman, Justice League, Wonder Woman? Here's my thing, Matt, I need to go to the bathroom, you talk about Batman for the next ten minutes. Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. You know what, it's the 50th anniversary of that this Sunday or Saturday. Fifty mm-hmm. going to be fifty years since that movie released. The sixties uh, Batman. Bring movie. it back, assuming Adam West isn't dead. He's not. They actually Jay Leno recently. He did a bring him uh, back. Then there was a Jay Leno's garage. Uh, I don't know if you ever watched them, but he did a Jay Leno's garage with the new Batmobile, and he sat there and he's in the new Batmobile, and then Adam West pulls up beside him in the old Batmobile, <laughs> which I found really quite charming. But no, the nice. Okay, John, do you like Batman? Um, depends which iteration of Batman. Uh, my favourite is Batman Beyond. I really like Terry McGuinness and old Bruce Wayne in Batman Beyond. I thought that was excellent. And my favourite Batman film of all time is Return of the Joker in Batman Beyond universe. Okay, let's talk about real world Batman for a moment. Like actual live action Batman. Oh, you mean shit Batman? No, do you grim, like live action Grim, Batman? miserable Batman. Well, no, Batman's take... so awful that Lego Batman was brilliant just by virtue of parody. Right, no, it. you say you say grim, awful Batman, but then you look at fucking... Uh, Tim Burton's Batman was fun. Then t- um, uh, fucking Joel, Sh- Joel Schumacher, is it? Joel Schumacher's fucking Batman was yep. terrible, but still ridiculous and fun. And then if, the you, if I had a choice tonight, if after this podcast I had to watch either Batman and Robin or Batman Begins, I would pick Batman and Robin every time because at least it's sort of funny. Yeah, but I watch both of them. You can enjoy both, John. No, you can't. You have to I, pick I, I two things and then Batman. pick only one of them. That's how the internet works. Okay. I proceeded to watch Batman vs Superman. They extended the cut, which was actually better than the original, but still suffered from a lot of the plot points. Um, I watched that and then I went straight to Batman 66 because they're both good in their own right. But Lego Batman, Lego Batman, Lego Batman. Lego Fucking, Batman okay. looks great. Okay, Will Arnett cast as Batman, yeah. who, I mean, he was originally, but Will Arnett's, I mean, if you ever watch Bojack Horseman, fucking Will Arnett's just excellent. Um, mm-hmm. Bojack Horseman's excellent, but I watched season three, it's just out. Uh, Michael Sarah as Robin, mm-hmm. which sounds ridiculous. Zach Galifianakis as the Joker. Michael Sarah can act. It's that odd. I'm not sold on at all. Who? The Joker casting there. It could be interesting. The thing is that, a lot of people were like, ooh, why didn't they just use, um, uh, fucking, uh, oh god, I can't remember his fucking Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill, yeah, why didn't you? Yeah, I just use Mark Hamill do... for God's sake. But the thing is, I imagine they just wanted to do something different. Yeah, they wanted to have its own voice. Yeah. They want this to be a celebration looks... of all of Batman and not just the Batman that everyone knows. That's why it's, everything yeah. is cast completely new. And that's what Lego Batman is, because it has been a celebration of all of Batman. Yep. You know, you have this kind of, like, this really self-fellating Batman, this ridiculous caricature of Batman, with all the every like all the ridiculous Batmobiles and his password to get into the Batcave is na 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 Batman, 
is his password. <laughs> and then, you know, you have this, like, he goes around, he wears his, his, his mask all the time. He's never Bruce Wayne. And Alfred, actually, Alfred, I wasn't a fan of the Alfred voice. I think it's quite um, well. I don't know who it is, but I think it's working quite well. It's it's the guy from, um, oh, he was in, he's a good, he's a big British actor. Um, oh, God, I forget his name. Um, he was in the hotel thing. That's not useful, is it? No. The hotel thing. Um, he sounded a bit too robotic, I found. I quite like the beats that he's got with it. Um, Rosario Dawson as Batgirl. She was in uh, she was in Daredevil. She was the nurse in Daredevil. If you know that. Ooh. She was pretty good. Um, Ralph Fiennes. Ralph Voldemort. Voldemort. Fucking Ralph Voldemort. Voldemort, yeah. Yeah, he'll Ralph do Fiennes. his job. But he sounded, if you see, he's like, I have locked you out. And he sounded a bit too robotic for my liking. Well, yeah, but he's fed up with Batman is his thing. He's, you can tell that he's already fed up. I know, but it didn't sound, it didn't sound just, uh, he sounded very robotic. A bit too, I don't know. I think that work fine, but you know, it was this ridiculous. And I'm so, I, I swear to God, I'm going to be so pissed off at Lego if I can't buy every one of those Bat vehicles. The Batmobile and the uh, Joker's car. I know. Announced. Oh, I know. But if they don't give me all the other yeah. ones, like, because you know the Lego movie, you could buy those like. Oh, no, no, because all the Lego stuff. fucking movie stuff was all wildly inaccurate, and that fucked me off so much. There's no, like a I, lot of the Lego stuff is just like. Most of the bigger sort of sets are just so off. Scaled down. Yeah, like the, the uh, sea cow. The sea cow. Well, the sea cow's actually quite nicely done, cause it, but it's, it's, nice, it's but... nowhere near what it should be in the thing. Because no. metal bids, even metal bid, and that set is smaller. I like the, yeah, the Cloud they, Cuckoo I... Land, which is awful. The actual Lego like the set the they've got for that is in like the hmm. bin that's seen, and he's like, oh, go play with the other one. That's uh, you actually do see the Cloud Cookie Land in the film, but yeah. But like to me, I- I'm talking about the sort of you know in the last scene where all those cars like transform. Yeah. And you can buy those transformer cars, like those. Things. I love those cars. I use them in my city. Sets. Yeah. I never actually. I basically ones. want that. I want that with these Batman things because I um, I just I collect. I'll buy every Batman set. I will buy every Batman piece of Lego. I am collecting the Batman minifigs. It's my fucking. I fucking love Batman. Ooh. And I love Batman Lego. So like. I think I've got every currently out Batman set. Aside from the bat, the Robin and Bane, um, like, uh, what are the, the micro ones? Things? Yeah, Sainsbury's I've got currently the doing that for half Batgirl price, ones. by the way. Ooh, who are Sainsbury's? Sainsbury's. Sainsbury's. If you get to a bigger Sainsbury's, wants to do Lego, they're doing that for half price at the moment. I'm, sorry, I'm not posh, Dan. Jeez. <laughs> you think Sainsbury's is in posh? Liverpool? Sainsbury's is posh. It's posh for Liverpool. <laughs> Dude, well, where, where's your Waitrose? We don't have any. Where's your Marks and Spencers? Do you have a Marks and, yeah. do you have a Marks we have and Spencers? One. We have one Marks and Spencers, which is also built into a clothes Marks and Spencers. Ugh. Well, surely you could just use a carder to get hold of Waitrose food. Oh, you, well, yeah, that's true. You can just use a carder. Oh, thank goodness. Okay, <laughs> good. So you're not going to starve to death or anything. <laughs> if you don't eat those duck kidneys, oh, how are you going to live? Actually, in Lego news, they just launched duck a new... Duck kidneys. Duck kidneys. In Lego news, they just launched a new a little bit of their website called Remake, which I really, really like. Crisis, if I don't know, it'll probably be on their main site. But basically, people can upload fan creations based around sets that exist. So if you get a set and like, oh, I want to rebuild this, you can... Oh, like those three-in-one sets. But like, like that, yeah, but, then, but it's like fan creations for it, and the fans list all their uh, instructions and stuff for it. That's nice. Well, that's a really nice, that's really nice yeah, that's a really nice thing. So your Lego sets can now be built into lots more models. You just print out new instructions and stuff for them, which I think is mm. really fucking oh. cool. 
Love that. I'm actually I'm looking at Sainsbury's. Shit, yes. we haven't looked. We haven't talked about Sonic Mania. Sonic Mania. Uh, Sonic. <laughs> okay. No? Wow. Wow. You don't want to go. You don't want to do the Sonic 25th Anniversary Edition song, do you? No, I, I didn't watch any of that stream because I'm not an <laughs> idiot. You know what? It was just audio issues, and it, the audio cut out, and there was this kind of in the background, and then there was this, this really awful band at the start, and they were like Sonic, and they put the mic to the thing, and some guy just started screaming like I just did. It was awful. Oh, Sounds man. terrific. But yeah, we have oh, to get awful. excited about Sonic. Can't we just accept that Yahtzee has already said everything we need to know about no, this? Because... Which is when a new Sonic game comes out, we pretend it's going to be good and it never is. No, because Sonic Mania isn't really being made by Sonic Team. It's being made by people who are known for their fan remakes of Sonic games. Which means that it's okay, being can... made by people who actually know what makes a good Sonic game and have evidence of that released in the last few years. If you play Sonic 2 on mobile phones, it actually... You know that that pit in um, the cavern level, Mystic Caverns, where you'd fall down and there's spikes and then you just wait around and die after a while because you fall down that big pit? That's now an entrance to a secret level called Hidden Palace Zone. Not Hidden Palace, Hidden Something Zone. Which was a deleted level that they've actually rebuilt using the sprites and stuff that were left around. So they've actually... They're not only are good at porting Sonic games and actually building their own fan versions, they've actually been reconstructing old Sonic levels and hiding them in re-releases that they're doing. They're people who know what the fuck they're talking about when it comes to Sonic, and they're making it in a proper sprite-based Sonic. Okay, as someone who isn't like a, a Sonic fan, can you explain to me why people are so excited over Sonic Mania when Sonic 4 existed? Because Sonic 4... As much as I enjoyed it compared to other Sonics, didn't understand one thing, and that's that momentum is really important. Sonic is not about going as fast as possible. Sonic has never been about going as fast as possible. Sonic is a very busy platformer. A lot of the time in Sonic, you'll end up going sort of left. There's sections where you go left and you're like, whoa, everything's changing. And the, the, Sonic is about verticality. So if you're on the higher bits of a level, they tend to be faster and will get you faster times, whereas the lower bits of the level are slower and more sluggish. So it's sort of the levels themselves are tiered to difficulty. It's not like Mario where you've got the level. The levels are actually structured into different tiers, so depending on how good you are, you can always finish the game, and you can always finish the game to a different level, which means when you replay the levels, there's a lot of replayability because you haven't actually been to everything. Plus, you know, a lot of the levels were very interesting. There's a lot of interesting-looking stuff like, there's a bit of gameplay that shows, like, um, Zone 1, World 1 of original Sonic, uh, which is Green Hill Zone. But as soon as they get to the bit where you get pinged out and you, there's all those coins you go through, there's suddenly a waterfall and the footage cuts. On the right, you just see a few little bits of a waterfall. And I'm like, oh my god, they've taken the level and they've extended it. So they're actually going to be doing a lot of... They're going to take a lot of old levels and rebuild them and make new levels. And the soundtrack is already amazing. And it's not being made really by Sonic Team. It's being made by people who actually know what the fuck they're talking about. Like, they announced the basically Sonic Generations 2 kind of thing. But I don't give a fuck about that because they're actually making a proper Sonic game. For the first mm. time since fucking 1990-whatever. Seven, possibly. Mm. Don't know. I can see the appeal of it. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's, it's everything I've just wanted. Because Sonic 4 was just... I don't know. It was alright, the level design was a bit good, but it was sort of, it was very sluggish and it sort of felt focused on just, I don't know, faff. It was just, it was just, it was, faff. it was, yeah, it was, I don't know, it just didn't feel like they put a lot of heart into it. And it didn't really feel like a Sonic game. You sort of could just keep running. I mean, they've got a new move in this new Sonic game, which is you push a button and you drop to the ground and as you drop to the ground you do a spin dash off of the drop. So you can, it's basically, instead of having to rev up your spin dashes, you can jump and drop to do it instead. 
which looks like a nice a mechanic that current Sonic Team would never come up with because it doesn't kill a million enemies in one go. It's a mechanic that's actually based on hey, I wonder what sort of interesting things we could do with this. It, it's a big kind of it's a big the difference sort of between the new Mirror's Edge and the old one in a lot yeah. of ways, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's people getting yeah, it. it's people getting the the core of the game and really understanding that and building off of that. So yeah, watch it be shit. I to be honest, I really don't think it's going to be. It's coming out next year and it's digital only, so it's got a, a smaller budget, which will help keep it focused. Yeah, but watch it still be shit though, just because I I kind of I expect anything now that people are excited for to just be shit. And you're a negative Nancy. Because... No, that's just being realistic, Dan. I don't know. Some things are good. Headlander was good. I wasn't expecting much from that though. No, but you know that's what I'm saying. People that people ex- things that people expect a lot from generally aren't very well, good. Well, because people expect. Too I much. was hoping for things from Star- Stellaris, and it's even better than I was hoping. Stellaris is fucking amazing. Well, actually, I've got, I've got. Oh yeah, shit! I played, I played Stellaris now. I played like a, a couple of hours of it. Um, okay, the tutorials need a fair bit of work, but there is. I'm there going. Oh shit! This is like. Crusader Kings, but I'll actually understand what's going on because it's all Starfleet because I've modded it already. Starfleet. <laughs> I like Star Trek. I was about to say, I've watched a, a clip from Star Trek Beyond and went, oh, that was actually quite good. That- For context now, by the way, Dan has that three-tiered nacelle from yeah, last Matt week's actually podcast. Se- this is how lovely Matt is. Matt actually sent me that shit, mostly because it was pissing him off that it didn't fit his display. But Matt yeah. actually sent me that Although, I've got, no, cell. you know what's there now? I've got a fucking Nebula class. Ooh. Right, and I fucking hate it because there was an error in the model I've got, oh. so the fucking little kind of thing on the top isn't centred properly, and it pisses me <laughs> off to the fucking <laughs> Just end. knowing it's wrong. Oh, I know. I found my, I found my Enterprise E, though. Ooh. It, was a lot, it was in another box. Ooh. I found my Enterprise E. I like something. that you just keep everything in boxes. Yeah. Well, I used to, because I didn't have the space. I'm pumped for Sonic fucking Mania, and... I mean, because my thing of a game is, does it have a good pedigree behind it? To know if it's good or not. So when we've got, like, you know, No Man's Sky, I'm like, I don't really know if that's going to be good. Planet Coaster, I was like, that shit's going to be the bomb, because it's the guys who already made this before. So, yeah, that's the that's the secret. When people go, how do you know what games are going to be good and what games are going to be shitty, because I tend to get it quite right. Just look for the pedigree of the team. And, uh, yeah, i got good feelings about Sonic Mania. I don't have good feelings about the new Nintendo console, which got a lot of rumours today. Did you did you read the rumours about the new Nintendo console? Yes, it's basically Portable. the Wii U controller, yes. but just the Wii U controller. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a combination portable and console. So and the controllers apparently that side detached, so you can then just plug it into your TV and like just have the controllers. I mean, I kind of I, I kind of I can see the idea of it because it is expanding on what the Wii U did, but on the other hand, I'm sat there going. It's, it's, the thing is, it's using the Tegra, NVIDIA's Tegra yeah. 1 graphics thing, which is using the NVIDIA Shield. And the, the Tegra 1's a very good little graphics chip, but I'm sat there going, it's probably not going to look any better than the Wii U does. Yeah, it, the problem is it may not be very good at all if it's trying to be like that. Because mm. I, 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 I put out a tweet that said, uh, you've got three options when it comes to this. It's either going to be light, good performer, or have good battery. You can pick one. Normally I'd give you four options and let you pick two, but one of them will be cheap, and Nintendo keep things cheap. They don't believe in putting anything too expensive. So I'm assuming they're going to make it cheap. So is it going to be cheap and light, but a poor performer with shitty battery? Is it going to be cheap and powerful, but it's going to be heavy as fuck and it's not going to last very long? Or is it going to be cheap and last forever, but it's going to be sort of a DS and not have great graphics, and again, be chunky and heavy? Ah, uh, but I have to question you on cheap, because this isn't going to be cheap. 
Nintendo buying the console up front might be mm. cheap, but it's going to use cartridges most likely based on all the available evidence. Yeah. And cartridges add an extra five to ten pounds on every single bit of software, just like it did back in the N64 days because they're more expensive to produce, as well as just generally being inferior because music gets compressed. You compress your okay. audio quality I don't, in general. I think it's going to use... I, as much as it may use cartridges, I think that's not going to be how you get stuff. I think they're going to have a much bigger focus on downloads and digital downloads and stuff. I feel like if they're using cartridges, because cartridges, in a sense, if they make their own custom thing, it will they will have better da data transfer rates. Yes. A cartridge. And that's a big thing, because they probably don't want to have to install stuff like the PlayStation. And that's one of the big things I like about them still, in that you don't have to fucking install shit. Yeah. Uh, but you're also still looking at limitations for absolute memory. Like, there's a lot of chatter going on from some fairly reliable sources about about 32 gig limits. Okay. That's wanna, not very wanna, big in this day and age. No. I want to compare this to the NVIDIA Shield, because you can actually buy the NVIDIA Shield TV box variant, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. is it's a 150 on Amazon for a 16 gig variant, or it's 210 for a 500 gig variant. Mm -hmm. And this has the, uh, the Tegra, it, it probably... the NX is probably going to have a more advanced Tegra in it, but uh, it supports 4K stuff. It's um, let's have a look. I mean, I played I played a lot of stuff on it. Uh, I think EGX, if I remember correctly. And this is this is meant to more compete with like the Apple TV and the Steam Link because hmm. it does both things. You can stream stuff using your Nvidia cloud shit, and you can also use all your Android apps. But if it's anything like this, and I don't think it'll. I think it probably will hit the price point of the Wii U on release, based on the price of NVIDIA's Shield tablets and stuff. Yeah. And, if, and since they're probably going to want to keep them cheap, they are, because they're Nintendo, and that's what the market they aim for. The Shield tablets are £300. The console, sure. I just think that you're going to lose out again on the software, where you're you going to pay yeah. a lot more than for other consoles or for PC. I mean, there's yeah. something good about an underpowered console, because the DS was the underpowered console, and it was stunning. I mean, the, the new 3DS, what's come out for the new 3DS since they gave it that extra power kick? Nothing, apart from the fact that 3DS games are now starting to suffer. Well, as, as, as I think we pointed out, especially with portable devices, it, it's more about gameplay than graphics. Yeah. Because no one gives a shit. Like, some of the best but games on we know for a fact. Oh, shit, son. When they were we showing off the new Zelda, we were all questioning, why are they showing the Wii U version where the NX version is going to be better? It won't be better. Maybe no, it, it won't. It'll be worse. It'll be the worst version. Because we, we, we were kind of we were kind of considering it like when the, you know um, the Twilight Princess released in the Wii and N sixty four. It was the assumption that it was going to be the same thing, but it's clearly an assumption that they either might be the same or the new one might be worse. Yep. But it'll be portable. So, but then again, a portable console. Really, Big thing is, it's not backwards compatible. A portable console is really that big of a thing. I mean, what does it add having it being both portable and a console? To me, for someone like me, I hate portable things. I, I like I don't have a DS. I mean, I, I really like thing. portable things, but I mean, I'm not gonna buy a portable thing that plugs into my telly because that's gonna look like shit on the telly. And if it's powerful yeah, enough to look good on the telly, it's gonna be too heavy or not have the battery life that it needs. It mm. feels like it's just gonna try. It's gonna be the jack of all trades, and it's not gonna do anything. Hmm. No, to have all yeah. the technology in it, to have a screen big enough, it also feels like it's gonna be pretty. Big for a handheld, to be honest. Yeah, if, if it's the sort of thing you're well. not going to really want to be taking out. Oh god, it can't be the size of a Wii U fucking controller. There's no way you can fucking move that anywhere. Well, no, it wouldn't be like based on the Shield tablet as well. The Shield tablet is a seven-inch tablet. Yeah, and that has the screen built into it. It's a tablet, obviously. If they did a DS style, because if they did a DS style frame, when it's closed, it could actually probably look all right on on your 
you know, um, TV cam. Yeah. Because it would just look like a box. And then when you open it... Like well, a it'll have, it'll have a thing it'll plug into, otherwise you have to faff around with wires. So I assume it have a thing that it plugs you know, yeah, into and then... The dock yeah, it keeps yeah. the battery yeah, going and all that yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah, the, the, way, the way you control it is like a dock. It's a pretty simple thing, the way they've done that. But imagine if they do it right, it'd probably work. I mean, they, they could... You could fit um, everything from a, 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 one of the NVIDIA Shield tablets into a, um, a DS... XL you could, but should you? <laughs> well, no, the, Who is no. this for? Who is actually like when, wants this device? It's like when the Wii U... Oh, well, Nintendo want this device, because did you see that they posted their largest... What was it? Uh, where's the thing? Yeah, Nintendo posted their biggest quarter one loss in five years. They lost $334 million oh, in so the last sad. quarter. This is in all fairness, because they managed to... I, I just kind of want to just stress exactly what happened here because it's hilarious which is the whole Nintendo stock massively went up after the Pokemon Go thing. They just quietly let that happen for a week and only after trading had ceased on Friday did they put out a press release just saying, just so everyone knows, we don't actually own this and we're not actually going to make any extra money and the money we are going to make off it we'd already baked into our forecast so we're not going to increase profits at all. And they only said that after the end of Friday trading. And on Monday morning, <laughs> the moment trading resumed, they lost 17% of their entire value in a couple of hours. Oh, That's $6.4 billion. Yeah, dollars. they lost another uh, 5.45% over the last 24 hours. But nice. what I'm saying is that this... this Because uh, that's because they've just posted this loss. This loss has nothing to do with that. They're, they're just... Mm. The Wii U yeah. has basically killed them. It's just mm. horrific. The Wii U stalled. It stalled really, really hard, and it, it's. Well, we we were saying this. We were discussing this with Pokemon Go just the other week. Like, I think honestly, at this point, I don't know if it's anything more than pride that's making them not say, you know what, screw it. We're going to develop software oh, yeah. and release remastered Nintendo games on Steam, and then just fill swimming pools full of money. Yeah. This is to me the Wii U because I, I find the Wii U strange because I feel the Wii U currently is not a very good console, but it could have been. Yeah. It could have been decent, and I think it was mainly down to their marketing strategy for it, frankly. They they relied too the much on the fucking... Strategy? Well, they relied too... Okay, the fucking name, for one. Yeah. I imagine that confused so many people, thinking it was an well, upgrade. Well, do you remember when it, it launched console. at E3, and we just didn't have a fucking clue what it was? It was amazing. Yeah. It, it's this. They, they confused a load of people with marketing. Because like, the, the Wii was aimed at casuals. Dirty, filthy casuals. Yeah. And... You can't bring out a new system with a U after it and expect people to know it's exactly the same Matt, thing. Matt, I've sent you a picture on Slack. Could you stick that up on the screen? Okay. <laughs> Just uh, something I uh, found uh, at, but that was based off of this uh, this quarter thing. Okay. Um, let me stick this up here. Uh, no, no, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, uh, I've got so many things on my fucking downloads. But there it is. <laughs> okay. There. It's off. Yeah, this is uh this is the reason why they want a handheld. Because well, the handhelds do better significantly. Don't well, they? the Wii did better. It's it's just literally the the drop off. Like this is actually look at this order. This is like how many things they're selling. It's just it's just not nothing selling anymore. Yeah, this is the the problem is John can right, now if see you look this. at oh okay I've just seen the John okay. has just appeared for me. Think okay, of their on. consoles, right? Think of the consoles. The problem with the DS at this point, right, is it's still called the DS. Yeah. And the Wii, I mean, okay, since 2007, nothing has had a different name, technically. Everything seems like a slight incremental upgrade to the previous thing. Even though the Wii isn't. The Wii was a whole new console. Yep. It was marketed badly, and the the, the DSs are incremental upgrades, 
So people are sat there going, well, I have my old one. Why would I upgrade to a new one? And the Wii U people are sat there going, oh, it's just, I don't, it doesn't matter. I have the Wii, even though it's a different console. So they, it was a, oh. Yeah. Fucking twat. Basically, if you look at, like, Nintendo's console sales, there's another graph that I can't find quite now, but it's actually each of their sort of sales, like, of all of their consoles, it's gradually, like, going down. In fact, it's going down quite fast. Apart from the Wii U, which is, the Wii, sorry, which is a huge spike up, and then the Wii U follows on the trend. So they're just not doing very well. I'm actually I'm quite concerned for this new console because I can see why that like the idea is oh you know no back to compatibility it's just a fucking big new thing because that's the problem they haven't done enough here's a big new thing everything's been incremental yeah. upgrades as I say and this has no backwards compatibility which is another problem but also not a problem because yeah. if it did have backwards compatibility it would be with the Wii U and the Wii U has nothing I imagine people would want to. I'm assuming really? it doesn't have backwards compatibility because it's got cartridges and not discs. Oh, yeah, that'd, that'd yeah. be a big reason. And, and, and of course, and, they could just make you rebuy them through a new virtual store. And normally, they wouldn't be willing to do that. They've always generally had backwards compatibility for most of their consoles uh, in recent years. And if they want to try and do something new, they're going to have to not do that. And that's the big thing, isn't it? Yep. But they, on the plus side, I'm glad I don't have to get rid of them a Wii U now. <laughs> I'm worried it'd be a full upgrade. I'm like, oh, well, now you could have both of them or one of them. I don't even know where my Wii U is. I thought you, I thought you gave it to my black. I did, but then she kind of gave it. I think she, she's like, "Can I friend brought this?" Yeah, and it's now just passing down the line. Someone that happened to my copy of Pokemon Sapphire. That's been lost in the ether of Lent to a Lent to a Lent. <laughs> I hate Lent. Oh, I hate giving up. Things. Well, that's enough about the Wheezy. Oh my god! Talk about I would literally never stop jizzing if they just call it the Wheezy. <laughs> it needs to be the Wheezy. No, the the Wii the Wii X. Oh, the Wii U one. Ah, oh. <laughs> Wii U one. Oh, just... well, because at least when like Microsoft came out with the Xbox three hundred and sixty, it sounds like a different console. Because a single letter doesn't make something sound. Well, like the, originally they were going to call it the Xbox three. They were going to jump from the Xbox to the Xbox three to compete with Sony. Because they didn't. Could you imagine if they would? Could you imagine if they would with Xbox, Xbox three, Xbox one? Could you imagine? <laughs> Well, that's, that's the reason they call it the 360, is they didn't want to have... They do want to be one behind Sony, because if you're selling, you know, the PlayStation 3 versus yeah. the Xbox 2... Oh, it looks bad, It's yeah. going to look bad, so they went up to 360, and then for the next one, they went one, and that's probably... Oh, there's some good somewhere. focus group twats behind that decision. Oh, it's just the stupidest fucking name. I can't bring myself to buy one because of that name. I'm like, it's just so dumb. X-Bone. But why would you at this point? Yeah, especially. there's actually nothing. I like Sunset Overdrive, and that's it. Yeah, Sunset Overdrive falls us. Plus, six everything's now coming to Windows Ten, so it's sort of like eh. no. But what 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 hasn't though? It's Sunset Overdrive. Uh, Forza's Forza on six Windows Store now, isn't it? A different Forza Horizon. Oh, well, they're all car racing. Games. Forza Six. They're all the same. You um, oh oh, you can play a slightly optimized version of some stuff that was only on three hundred and sixty, like Red Dead Redemption running at a smooth thirty. As That's opposed not to a slightly can't jagged say smooth thirty. It's well, it's smoother than twenty. Yeah, That's true. But it's still not smooth. <laughs> No. It's, it's like smoother. Theresa May was like better than Angela Watts' face, but she's not good. There's there's not a good mm. bone. Okay, in a, a sort of treacly smooth thirty, <laughs> like smooth but also with a few little blobby bits in there. But better. It's smooth, right. but you've got something in your eye, and you're sort of having to blink quite a lot. Honestly, like if you can name one thing for me on the Xbox One better than the best current existing version of Red Dead Redemption, I I will admit this point. But I don't think there's anything better the Xbox One does than being the best currently available version of Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. 
Okay, I just I just googled Xbox One exclusives and the first thing that came up was a list of exclusives from E3 that says, and at the top in little tiny text it says, bear in mind Microsoft will also be releasing many of these on Windows 10. Mm-hmm. They're not fucking exclusive, they're from fucking twat. We, we saw this when we were at EGX this last year, didn't we, Matt? Where like so many stores had like exclusive to this console when the game was not exclusive. Like they were making a huge deal, like all of the signs around Tomb Raider were saying, this is exclusive to well, it is for now, Tiny, but yeah, it already time. has a schedule to release on the other console, so it's not exclusive. Two things. Excellent. So Two how things. can you say that? Two very important things before we wrap up. One is this, the NX, is now Nintendo's only survival chance. If yeah. this is yeah. a handhold console everything, this is all their eggs in one basket. Because the 3DS has stopped selling. I mean, they try, they confuse that field with the 2DS and the fucking new 3DS and all that sort of shit. So they've, that's going to stop selling. Uh, no, that's that. If that doesn't sell well, then this is the end of Nintendo. No, this is the end of Nintendo as a hardware. Yes, then they'll go. If they if they die hardware and have to just start producing stuff for PC, I will be thrilled. So I. I will let off fireworks. So would I. So basically, what I'm trying to say is, I really, really want the Nintendo NX to fail. So they yep. can release their lovely IPs on other things. I agree. And make more money oh. than they were making before. Okay. Can I just... Okay, I've just... I've looked... I'm, I'm on Wikipedia on the list of Xbox One games. Guess how many full exclusives there are on Xbox One that are only on Xbox One, not on PC. 14. Or Four. Four. 30. Oh, it's half right. There are 30. 30. What are they? Um, it, it, it consists of... Um, some Kinect games that Kinect. no one gives a shit about. Like Beat Explosion, Boom Yeah, no one gives a shit about Beat Explosion. Um, one game here called Aziso Tatsuko Legend, simulated by the Hamster Corporation. That's a simulator. I don't know. Is it a hamster simulator? I don't know. Because uh, <laughs> I'm all for that. Crabitrain, Crimson Dragon, uh, Dance Central Spotlight, uh, Fighter Within, Forza Motorsport 5 and 6. Uh, Fruit Ninja Connect 2. Ah, uh, but Fruit Ninja's oh, out in VR, sake. so, you know, it's a yeah. superior version. Global Mission 2, Halo the Master Chief Collection, Halo 5. I thought Halo, uh, one Sports. of the Halos was coming over to PC, or... Well, that's just that's just the updated version of the Halos, which are out on PC. Yeah. Um, uh, Kung Fu Connect, Raiden 5, Rare Replay, Shape Up. So, oh, Rare so, Replay, okay, fair enough. Rare Replay's fucking amazing. So, over there. so, looking at the list of games here, the only ones that are... Good that are exclusive to this are Sunset Overdrive, Rare Replay, Rare Replay, um, and some you know if you want to count AAA ones as well, you're talking Halo, Master Chief Collection, Halo. You said 5, good, and then you said Halo, Matt. You and, made a mistake. So let's be clear, and, and Rare Replay is basically just N64 games, but 1080p So even if you exclude that one, then it's what like five games. Yeah. What, what, two of which are the same. Five and Motorsport Five and Six are basically the same game. Um, what Halo Five? Um, what? Who cares? It's, it's hard to say Rare Replay is an Xbox One exclusive when every single game on it has, by definition, been on a previous console. Yeah. So you got what? Sunset Overdrive. But basically, <laughs> they need some new IPs. And Nintendo's about to collapse, so maybe that's what's going to happen. Maybe Microsoft Nintendo will... Nintendo go Microsoft exclusive. Yeah. That'd be a hell of a headline. That would be my... Be- literally, announce that shit at E3. If that's going to happen, announce it at E3 because I just want to be there. That's just one of those. That would, that would certainly make me use Although, my, my love of Microsoft entirely hinges on what happens in, if I uh, have a check of this counter here, two days, one hour, 22 minutes, and 12 seconds. Because at that, is that point, the end of the free period, Windows 10 free? is no longer free. If that fucking twat of an icon doesn't fuck off from the corner of my computer, I will never, ever speak of Microsoft again. 
You know what you should probably do? What? You should clone your drive, upgrade to Windows 10 on one drive, and then keep the other drive as Windows 7. So when you eventually need to upgrade to Windows 10 at some point in the future, you won't have to buy it. I have a better plan. I will just spend $100. Or how much it's going to be? £100 because of shit. I'll wait. No. I'm going to wait. Naughty. I'm going to wait because it's just a horrible thing. There's just a horrible forced update pile of shit. Like, because what I'm really liking about it is the amount of YouTubers that are now rolling back because, like, capture software is very recently, especially, started to completely fail with the upgrades they're pushing. Like, Tell Biscuit has rolled his main PC back to 7 and stuff like that, uh, if I recall correctly. It's the inconsistency. Yeah, isn't it's it? like you wake up, oh, the computer's changed. Add the people, it's not. It's just, what's the point of any of it? I don't want to have anything that's got Candy Crush pre installed on it, thank you very much. Oh, God, it's fucking free-to-play solitaire you have to pay a subscription fee for. Yeah, that's not good. I, fucking, that is so ridiculous. Yeah, I've got fucking Office now as a subscription thing only or something. Well, 365, I mean, that makes sense. It's kind of in the same kind of Adobe creative Yeah, but the, no, Adobe worked because it was originally six and a half thousand fucking pounds to buy, and now it's £30 a month or whatever much it is. So I'm much more happy with that way around. Than having a layout that but much I suppose, money. I suppose Office was a £50 Yeah, it's software, a teeny it? tiny bit of software. Doesn't need... I don't get the whole upgrading thing. Oh, welcome to Microsoft Solitaire. We can play five things in one app. <laughs> someone, sorry, someone in the Twitch chat said Nintendo's not failing. They have a ridiculous amount of money. Yes, they do. For now. But they just lost a quarter of a... They lost a quarter of a billion pounds. Hmm. In that, that, and that was in quarter of a year. Now, thanks to Pokemon Go, we don't know how much money they're going to be making from that. We assume it's not a lot. So Not much, because that's already baked into any of their currently public yeah. projections. And what else have they got coming up? They've got a bit of the old... they got the Breath of the Wind thing, but that's not going to come out until with the NX. And they've got no. Pokemon Sun and Moon, but I think people are going to be pretty Pokemoned out. And I don't think they're going to sell more 3DSs, really, for that. I don't no, think it's different a... enough to get people engaged. So... It all comes down to that new console because they, they they make their money on the hardware, and if they don't have any new hardware, then it's gonna go horribly wrong. For them. Do, like do the they normally people do they lose money on the hardware try and hope to make it up on the software? That's, that is because uh, Microsoft and Sony actually spend money on making their controllers not feel like pieces of shit. Whereas yeah. Nintendo, they Nintendo are. basically make their things in the same factory that Fisher Price makes everything. I mean, I mean, the thing is, right? The the PS4 and the X1 are. I'm going to use big inverted quotes here. Cutting edge, in a very loose sense of the word. The Wii U is not. Yeah. It's 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 relatively cheap. Yeah, because like, they make. I mean, the build quality. Because they make stuff that's underpowered and also late to the game. It's a lot cheaper. Yeah, I mean, the build quality and I think the presentation of the stuff that you get out of a box is a little nicer, but um. Mm. Nothing like the fucking Porsche. That's my favorite thing I've ever bought. That Lego Porsche is the nicest box in the fucking world. The, 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 no, we got. You can't say Lego because it's not technically a Lego Porsche. It's a, it's a, a Technic. Porsche, Lego Technic Porsche. Have you built it I'm yet? Halfway through. I oh, get, the more stuff right, I put on, the sadder I get. Like the entire engine gets covered up, and it's actually a working oh, piston no. engine. No, yeah, when, when you finish the end of it, all the gears are covered up and the, the engine's covered up. And I'm sat there going, I wish I should just stop the box one. And just not I'm very <laughs> tempted to stick the wheels on, now it's a frame, and then just have that. That's what I did. Because it yeah. works. Fine. That's my, <laughs> Everything else is, is, is just visual. That's my current temptation. But yeah. That's, should we end it there? We've been going on for an extra 41 minutes. John, is there anything you want to talk about? Because you've been sat for a while. I would like to mention, in case anyone cares, that Marvel Ultimate Alliance both 1 and oh, 2 just off. moved out onto Steeps. I oh, don't care. Really Some bad. people are do. Some people awful ports. They are so bad. They have way less graphical settings than they did like 10 years ago. They are 
beyond awful. So awful. Horrible, horrible port. So just in case you wanted to know that. And can we also just give a lovely little round of applause or a cheer to Summer Games Done Quick, which raised $1.3 million for Médecins Sans Frontières oh, this year. That's well lovely. Done. Well done my, to the gaming community bit, for coming together. My favourite bit was like New Super Mario Bros. 2 run, where the guy's uh, 3DS run out of battery while he was playing. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I loved the Super Mario 64 four-way race. That was amazing. I've seen that yet. I'm, I'm, I'm slowly watching through it all because they've put it all up on their YouTube channel, so you can watch it all there. That was yeah. Although, like, although yeah, I have all to of it's up have now. to state that the absolute highlight of the entire thing was watching Psycho Six get ripped to shit. That was beautiful. That was a beautiful. Super race. Mario Sunshine's worth a watch if you know that game. That was a good. That was a good run. It was, it was a really, really good year for uh, SDQQ. Whatever the fuck it is. Mm. I spent uh, basically. I had that on in the background shit. while I was building that Fallout base. So that Fallout base is built on the, on the blood of speedrunners. Ah. Anyway, anything else? Because I'm fucking starving. No, let's end on that uh, positive uh, note. Yay. Can I give like a slightly random, completely unrelated thing? I'm still looking at Mighty Micros. Uh -huh. I looked at Mighty Micros on the Lego website, and it's got all the Mighty Micros, and then in that same category is Metal Beard's Duel. Yes. Which is retired. Yes. Which was not a Mighty no, Micros. No, it was not. And it's, that's the full-size Metal Beard that you can get, and I never got it. Yeah. I'm really I've got that as well. It's nice. Ah, oh, fuck, I wanted that one. I didn't get it. I got a Sea Cow fucking, like, a few weeks after it went off. I was like, oh, I should get that. And it's like, now it's like three times the price. Yeah, well, most big Lego sets are. <laughs> like uh, this, this is my retire. This is my fucking retirement fund. This fucking. <laughs> it's scary because it's true. Yeah, fucking not put. Don't don't put it into a fucking pension plan. Buy Lego. Yeah. It's fun. It's both. It's both fun now and is worth the same as a pension, probably. Yeah. Oh dear. All right. Yeah. I think. I think. Is anything else? That's good. Um, Thanks for coming, everybody. That was a bit of a long one. Fuck the Fallout 4 DLC. And no, it's and lovely. Let's, come let's, on, come to my channel and watch it in a minute. Let's hope Nintendo die so that we get Nintendo's IPs on good stuff. Or at the bare minimum, let's hope Nintendo at some point stop being dicks to YouTubers and just come around and be lovely. That would be nice. That'd be lovely. Then we might actually play some Nintendo games at some point. Yeah. Maybe that's why they're failing. <laughs> Maybe because I wonder. I wonder how much more like more, like business they'd have gotten if they'd allow you if they had a really good thing for YouTubers. Well, probably a fair bit, because there's quite a lot of nintendo games that I would love to do, like a video on or cover or something like that. Oh, yeah, I do I do a whole series on Nintendo stuff if they want I would do uh, The World Ends With You in a heartbeat. If they drop well, their thing, nintendo. I will do a World Ends With You series. And World Ends With I'd You... I'd do a full Pokemon series anytime. World Ends With yeah. You is completely available on uh, iOS and stuff, so you'll actually be able to have people buy it straight away, and they'd make a shit ton of money. But no, it's fine. You know, Good job, Nintendo. <laughs> GG. You dicks. Yeah. You fucking dickheads. Right. That's, that's the end. Yeah. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.